Pearl necklace. No, that's, that's a different strapped. set of accessories. Is that right? Yes. It's better than the white dragon. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Cycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Fantastic. Hey everyone, this is Liza. What another fantastic day. We had so many visitors to the garage today. It's basically Sounds like I missed out. Listeners from all over coming by. It was awesome. Right. And they just, they all had that look in their eyes. They're like, oh. <laughs> That first look, that's like oh, this is it. Is this this is it? And then and then oh, this is it. Yeah, the yep. un- inevitable yeah. underwhelmed no, face uh, afterwards. No, <laughs> push him in, ride him out. Yes. Did any gear disappear? There was some gear yeah, perusing no, no, and no, saddlebags. No, maybe. Yeah, lots, no, we had gear. We had gear disappear. Yeah. Well, let's get cool to who, people though. Yeah. Who is here with me? We're going old school. Uh, word to your moms. <laughs> <laughs> this is old school today on the classy girl couch. It's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. I'm I'm thrilled to be back after after last week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I I was feeling a little peculiar. So um no, I'm back this week and um I've just had a lovely day. Yeah, Emma broke a chair. And, and hit her head. Oh, my. Were you concussed? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Well, you know, um, I had a very bad wreck many, many years ago, so I'm always mindful of concussion. Mm. You know, Here's the thing, though. Mm. She was, I think she was kind of knocked out to her senses, and she had an American accent. I realize this whole thing is a ruse. <laughs> it's a no, sham. It it's a fucking sham. No, I'm, I've never made a secret of it. I'm from Taft. She's <laughs> 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 from Washington. Bitter, bitter tongue and it swelled up a little She's bit. She's like from New England. Yeah. <laughs> also, Not Old England. Also, Not Old England. <laughs> oh, yes, New England. The Patriots, you know. Wearing a really cool shirt that I think I know where he got it. Mm-hmm. It's not. What's up, dickheads? Oh, I'm oh, back charming. temporarily. That's so endearing. I never left, motherfucker. <laughs> that's a wall of death shirt, man. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. Vintage was that, days, baby. Was that, yeah, vintage mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those are fun. <laughs> all right, and uh, remember, to pass all open windows, it's Naked Jim. Hey, don't want no Ferrari, don't want no Adidas. All I really want are wings on my penis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Now that I have your attention, uh, support small businesses. Yes. That's no. my word. Like Hinterland Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like my Moto Town. Or Moto Town. Or Cycle Gear. <laughs> Small. <laughs> I will say I had some excellent customer service from Cycle Gear. Small yeah. relatively to what? In San Soser. Anyway, word. They're commissioned Ride dirt bikes. Casino, word. And sitting uh, awkwardly close to Jim. It's award winning Mike. Cruising hard, boo. <laughs> yeah. He's been in Europe. That's how the, the men do it. Yeah. Yeah. Subtle. And uh, continuing around the room. Always bringing a smile to everyone when we see him. It's Bagel. Living that scoot life. Oh, <laughs> oh you got I like the, the shirt. shirt. Scoot life. Scoot life. <laughs> Get the shirt. Nice. I thought it said scat. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. That's sorry. a different kind of life. <laughs> That's, a, I, no, I, <laughs> That's a back pages thing. <laughs> I, I thought it said coot life, which is like a little bird that's waterfowl <laughs> ah, in England. Yes. Yeah, little coots. There's an American coot also. Or mud hen, as we oh, call hen. it. Living the mud hen <laughs> <Yes>. life. 
Disgusting. <laughs> Not like the muddy helmet life. <laughs> Disgusting. Wow. Again, a totally different life. Oh, I see what you did there. Disgusting. Don't play dumb, Mike. Yeah, yeah. No, I see it now. Disgusting. Also joining us, looking dashing with his wedding season haircut, it's Zach. <laughs> From Godfather the I, movie. As always, in present. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And joining us for the first time and having no clue what's going on, it's Jason. Hey, how's it going? Jason here. Uh, I'm just here for a good time, but not a long time. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, Jason, you just pulled up and we're like, hey, I'm here. Let's do this. That's right. Let's yeah. do the fucking thing. I, I hopped <laughs> nice. on my bike and uh, came out two hours. I'm up uh, in Vacaville. Nice. And uh, traffic wasn't bad coming to San Jose, but I'm glad I wasn't leaving San Jose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's mm, trying yeah. to mass exodus out of here to go back over the hill. Mm. Yeah, I know. Um. And he asked, he said uh, he wanted to f- do some photos and video. Okay. And I said, yes, except not when we get naked. So there is some sort of expectation <laughs> Wait, <what>? now. <laughs> I thought it was especially when we're naked. What, <laughs> what if I open a OnlyFans for the recycled <laughs> oh, man. I mean, so, people would be It'll look something like Gladiator meets Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I, I feel so. <laughs> and the reason oh why God. we are cutting... Uh, Jason, so much slack today. Is in fact a father, so um, oh. of two daughters, nine wow. and eleven. So happy Father's Day to yeah, all dude. the dads. So let's see, we've got Jason in the house, we've got Mikey in the house, we've got Jim in the house, and knock um, and knock. Are you an father figure? No, I'm an, I'm a cool uncle. <laughs> yeah, but you are a Which father figure. Which means he's not sure me. how many of them he's got out that's there. A, exactly. So you're, you're, a, you're a kunkel. I'm a, I guess that sounds kind of gross. Kunkel. Um, that was like you're um, a lighter. You're daddy to a lot of people, aren't you? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you're you are. daddy. Uh, speaking of OnlyFans, did you hear about that new site they open up where you can go and they like? Why do you look at Mike when you they say like that? They like knit things Seriously. for you and help you with the recipes really? and stuff. Yeah, it's called Only Grands. Oh, oh hello. Like <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do they send you like a $5 oh. bill in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that says every, get, every get yourself some chicken nuggets or something. It says buy yourself something nice. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. As long as you've got your elf, that's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... Mike, it's always uh, exciting when you're here, and you're here because you have a tale to tell. He's got reasons. I'm here because I want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We want you here, too. And you must have gotten a pass to get here. Yeah, she was taking a nap. Oh, yeah, nice. Well, and Stumpy John, he's on his way home from Pakistan, so we're going to be getting his story next week, and there's stories. I've been getting hints of... Of things. I've I've heard about crashing stories. <laughs> Band-aids. Are they passing out band-aids? There's band-aids. Um, but, you know, Mike was able to go on an amazing trip. And he came back and he was so stoked about it. Um, so I wanted you to tell the story because you went on one of the layout escapes trip. The, the fantasy trips. Yeah. Is that what it's called? No, that's what I call it. Oh, okay. I mean, well, you know, Katty's... You know, every woman's fantasy. Sure, sure. He's a horrible... He's <laughs> and a every horrible, boy's fantasy, too. He's a, he's a horrible lover, but he's a good father. Really? <laughs> he really does belong. I shall be the judge of that, like Michael. Oh, you will. <laughs> I would not be surprised to find him on the cover of a, a soft soft cover book at the grocery store. He's got yeah. the face for it. Yeah. You know, he's got that soft porn face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. So, Mike, first of all, tell everyone, where did you go? 
Um, okay, so I went to <clears throat> uh, I went to Germany, Austria, Italy, and the Czech Republic. And I was gone for about almost three weeks, just under two weeks, yeah. or just under three. Did you make a friend in Czechoslovakia? Because then you could say you've got a Czech maid. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay, very good. Sorry. Dad, is that a dad joke for, for Father's Day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice excuse. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, um, and what were you riding? Um, I think it's the F900XR BMW. You guys have some of those on your trip coming up, right? Yeah. Um, I'm on the F900, just the R. Okay. And I think the XR is a little more sit up and beggy. Yeah, which is what I wanted for my wrist. Yeah. Which is broken or whatever. No, I'm on the sport. And then we got the GSs of various sizes. But they'll, be, they'll be good on yeah. the trip. They might be a little big, but like a GS1250? No, and some little GSs. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah. So have you been to any of these countries before? No. How many languages do you speak now? Zero. <laughs> I have a hard time with English. Speak American, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah. yeah. So um, you were going there to do, you know, ride around, do all these tours, and then there's a cherry on the top with his tours that we'll get to that you, I think you're especially excited about. But you had some tips because you're going into some of the places that Emma's tour is going to be going. Yes. And you had some yep. good tips. Don't drink the water. Mm. No, no. You could drink the water right out of the lake. Okay. <laughs> Um, about like gear and stuff. Yeah. I mean, so I went uh, like a couple of weeks ago. I just got back. And so I guess the weather's pretty similar, but they also have like a heat wave going on there right now. Right. But I think once you get up into elevation, it might, you know, it it's kind of like microclimate. Like you can't judge what it's going to be like. You can't be right. like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, 70 in the summer. It's like. What what elevation ranges were you in, like lowest to highest um, overall, do you think? I don't know, like two or 3,000 to, at one point, like going through Germany, we went through, um, I can't pronounce it, but we bypassed Goldblockner Pass because there was snow. They had like mm-hmm. a, you know, I don't know. Like Grossglockner or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Grommish Parton Kirchen, maybe? Ill. You know, um, I love it when bagel makes up words. So, going back to my days of touring in the past, my boots are waterproof, gloves are waterproof, and obviously I like wearing leathers. Um, Mm. And I found that the most effective thing is, you know, just have waterproofs that pack down really small. Yeah. And if you need them, you just pull them on at the top. So about about the gear for this trip and like riding up in those areas, like it's similar to California where like depending on the time of year, like within one day you could hit like, you know, three or four different types of we- like weather. Yes. So to be prepared for all of it, it's it's kind of hard. Like, um, and the other thing is too, especially with the roads and the kind of riding you may or may not be doing, you know, do you want to go with like more street leathers with padding or do you want to go with like an arrow stitch, you know, which also has padding, but it's a little bit looser. You know, you might get more air airflow. So it's like, you know, all those things kind of, kind of, uh, you know, it's, 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 that's the thing. It was like, I was thinking before, cause I, I wore my two piece leathers yes. at the track a few times to kind yes. of wear them in and see how comfortable they are getting, getting down. Um, but then like right before I was watching some videos and I was thinking like, damn, should I just go and get some like adventure gear? Like, would that be smarter, you know, for, for a ride like this? And, um, you know. What I decided on doing was I wore my two-piece leathers. Um, I had my uh, airbag vest underneath. And then I had, like you say, small rain gear packed up. Yeah. Um, so for like, you know, and then when you go to Munich, because that's where you guys are going to go, there's yes. literally motorcycle store on every corner that's like 
Cycle that gear on sounds coke. Sounds amazing. It's like cycle gear oh, on crack. Really? Huh. Yeah, wow. he showed me pictures. Like Literally. like the gap for motorcycle gear. Yes. Yeah, so like right next to the hotel is like this just like kind of a cycle gear, but like somebody who owns it, right? And then literally attached to it is Dionysi, like right next to it. How's the exchange rate? Uh, it's pretty good. I think the bagel would know. He's he's a fucking nerd. He what, is, what is it? It's about a buck to a euro, or are we beyond that? I don't Let's know. See, it's actually gotten a lot better lately. For us um, or for them? Look, bagel's chicken is cryptocurrency us. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the euro's uh, right, been well, taking a bit of a pounding. But... Yeah, it's uh, 105 to the dollar right yeah. now. Yeah, so it's about a buck, yeah. 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 Well, and I think you made a, a, a tip that it might be a good idea to not take your gear Go over there, buy gear and a duffel bag while you're there, so you can bring some cool gear back. Yeah, home. so yeah. that was that was kind of what I was thinking because it was mentioned to me, but I already had like relatively new gear, so like realistically, I would have bought something I didn't need. But if you're kind of on the fence and you're thinking about getting new stuff and you want to go yeah. there as prepared as you can, save yeah. your money. Uh, and when you go on this trip, or if you get into Munich, like you know, you, you could find anything you need, anything. Was like, it cheaper? In good quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Did yet. they have like cool leather stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I mean, the whole everything. European yeah. approach to motorcycling is different. Safety. It's a lot more mainstream. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the demand's so much higher, so the prices for mainstream gear are cheaper. Yeah, I'm going to take all my stuff, not least just just so bloody comfortable. Yeah, and I don't want to dick around breaking in new gear. And the advantage for us on our trip, Mike. Is we're staying at the same hotel in Italy all yeah. nights. Once we leave Munich, we're at the same hotel. Yeah. So I can leave, I can route plan over breakfast with my fellow compadres. Yeah. With uh, Lila and Dave Osterday, who are in Team Emma. Yeah. And we can look and actually see what the climate's doing on that particular day. You, you guys are going to Yeah, July, but it's right? subject to change, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the mountains. This is the where you guys are going to be, is, is right this loop here. Yes. Um, I had this app open, mm-hmm. and this is like the Italian Alps right there. Yes. Yeah. And like this is that loop pretty much where you're going to be messing around with for most right. of the time and kind of going through here and stuff. And I think your hotel's uh, and then, uh, over here. Mike, I think you said that there was um, a really good, uh, was it coffee game there or espresso? What oh, was yeah. it? So like everywhere you go, they all have these, like, I have a really fancy machine at my house that, like, does everything. Like, you just hit a button and it does it, the froth, the whole thing. Is it called Keurig? Nope. <laughs> oh, hell no. The thing is, like, is it called a Mr. four Coffee? times the amount of that one. No. <laughs> but, um, yes, everybody has one. Like, literally, everywhere you go, like, they have a machine that makes, like, whatever you want. And uh, the breakfast, like, usually at all, like, all the places I stayed were just so good. It was so well, good. Well, I can't imagine Cat settling for a feeble breakfast he's not that kind of man he's not you know he's not a feeble breakfast guy no so i should imagine that if it's on a, a liard escapes tour it's a substantial breakfast wait and how many people were on your tour there is three people on my tour usually typically they range from like 12 to 20 yeah but this is like there was his second year that he ran this and for whatever reason i think that like some of the feedback i had from people before i went were like oh Watch out for Chernobyl dust and, and stuff like that, you know, like dumb shit. What? Yeah, because of Ukraine and all. And it's like, but it's kind of like if there's a war in Alaska, in, in like Canada right now, like, oh, don't go to California. Yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, that wasn't even a factor. And the only thing is, too, from what I heard in Czech and Prague is a very popular Russian uh, vacation place. 
and that the only difference on this trip because of everything going on is that their dollar value is really down. Right. It's probably lot, not a lot of people. Not I, of I, I haven't been to Prague for forever, but God, isn't it gorgeous? Oh, yeah. It's just breathtaking. Yeah, I could go and stay for a week. Oh, you could stay for a year in oh, Prague yeah, and I, see something new every day. Yeah. It, it's Prague an amazing was, uh, place. Prague was a lot of fun. It was... Um, I don't know. It was just like the energy in the city was yeah. was gorgeous. The buildings and then like like the way that everything is set up. Like when you're, where I was walking down by the road, like one of the right. the river where there's like a bunch of bridges and stuff. Um, and one of them had like an island in between, you know, in the middle of the river, pretty much. Yes. And the bridge kind of touches on that and goes to one side to the other. And then there's an elevator that goes down there, and there's like a nightclub, like outdoor. Oh, cool, cool! It was like you know five or six in the afternoon, and people were just going off like, and it wasn't like trashy. It was just like no. people were just having a great. Everybody was dancing nice. and just having a great time. Well, and there was like you a, know, it's it's this weird sort of juxtaposition that you've got this incredibly old yep. capital city, and yet it's so young because they're living post Eastern Bloc. Yeah. So you could argue, you know, the the vibe in there is like twenty years old. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really so you've good way you've to put got it. this this glorious capital, with all this crazy shit going on yeah. because they're living it up after being in the Eastern Bloc for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I, so what's the riding like? Um. Well, so it's it, on this trip and where Cat took us, there wasn't one um, section really where I, we were. Where I was bored, or I was like, "Oh, why are we going this way?" Or I would question the route. Where I was like, oh, I would have done things differently at all. It it and it's like uh, the scale. So realistically, it's it's like it's kind of um, I'm explaining it and I'm visualizing it, but nobody knows what I experienced. And the thing the thing that's hard to kind of express is like the actual experience when you're there, and and it's it's overwhelming. Um, and and there's just so many um visual things happening, so many different like um castles. Castles, churches, yeah. villages—you know, rolling hills. How were the how were the roads? Were they they're predictable? Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. surprises or gravel. A lot of the, switchbacks. Yeah, the roads nice. in Europe are impeccably maintained. Yeah. You know, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Austria—they're all incredibly proud of their roads. And when you pass so just, cars, they don't really like give you too hard. Like everyone's like, "Oh, motorcycle." And the thing is, like, they don't, like, stop or, like, slow down and pull it to the side. They just, like, assume you're going to pass them, so they just keep riding the way they are. And you go by, and nobody gets pissed off or tries to, like, tailgate you right. or, or cut you so, off. So um, you had the BMW 900? Was yeah. It? How was the bike? I mean, how was the bike to ride? Oh, it was, um, it was perfect. It, it was... Um, I was like, it was kind of, again, it was kind of like the gear. It was hard to choose, like, without going there and being like, well, what do, how do I be prepared? Like, what do I be the best prepared for? Um, that was definitely a Swiss Army bike. You know, it, it did everything. It had different yeah, modes. No, I've, yeah, I've done a couple of 900s down at the shop, and they make good power. I mean, it's yeah. not a powerhouse. No. I mean, it's a twin-cylinder bike. Yeah, but it's smooth. But it's and, smooth, and, and, you know, it makes decent power. Yeah. I have a, another thing, completely different. Not going there speaking any English. I mean, speaking uh, only speaking English. Um, speaking to English? Speaking English, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Proper. A little dyslexic. Don't laugh. Um no, but like, what would be the experience? Like, like, was it cool having Cat there because he could speak other languages? Like, what was your experience not speaking other languages there with and without Cat? I guess uh, is my question. It's it's an experience that I've had often in in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Is that the younger population has no problem speaking? When I say younger, I mean between like fifty five, sixty, <laughs> and and lower. Thank you know. You. 
Um, <laughs> he called it's, me younger. It's usually like the older people who just, they didn't have the education then or it wasn't available. And, and then so most people can speak uh, pretty much English. And, and the other thing is too, unless you're going to like some far out village where like no one, you know, has ever really left the village, you know, every wherever the places that you're going to go to do stuff, people, you know, um, have to be able to speak. You know, more than one language and it's all in the eu so you know like a common common language between all of them is english right, right. um and that's so. the number one language that everyone gets taught um outside england of course you know the <laughs> one place that you don't get taught english is england um but um france germany italy First language you get taught, first second language you get taught, and Scandinavia all throughout is yeah. English. Well, the thing is, if if you run into somebody who doesn't speak English, the person next to him does. Right. Here's so, the thing, though, but everyone speaks motorcycle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of riding were you going to a different location every day? Yeah. Yeah. So, and about how how many kilometers are you doing every day? Um, I could tell you. I have my app, but it, it varies from or, day to day. Or hours, like how many hours of riding every day? It's pretty much all day. I mean, like we okay. casually get up and we get out. Like it, there's not like, oh my god, get up at six thirty because we're gonna be. It's not like we're doing the um, L.A. bar sort of Vegas. Hold on, Emma, you're not allowed to bring noisy candy bags here he, anymore. He brought it. I, uh, I, I did. I, I brought three bags of sugar laden dyed candy for the podcast. He brought it, but he's at least really tricky with pulling the candy out and making little noise. You just get in there. Gah, 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 gah. All right. Sorry. This PSA well, is over. Uh, so, so you're doing like riding all day, but not yeah. rushing. No, it's no rush. And, and the thing is, like, the way he has it laid out is. Um, it's funny to do it the way that you are because, like, you're thinking to yourself the whole time, like, uh, or I was at, like, damn, I would love to stop here and spend the day, right? But that yeah. happens like eight to ten times a day, yeah, because you're going through so many just stunning places that you just want to know more about or you want to just like experience a little bit more. Um, but it was, it's not like a tour of Austria, right. like it's a motorcycle tour of the roads and the highways. So you know, Mike, when I do my history holds, I always say the f- same thing at the end. I've just given you a little taste. I've just not like that, Jim. I've just given you a little taste, <laughs> and you can research on your own. And this is the same with both your and our trip that we're going to take. It's just a little taste. It's to show people what's out there and what's available. And next year, you go back and... You know, you stay in one village for two weeks. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that like of all the places we went, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I'd love to go back to that hotel in Austria and just hang and out in that time. area. So, uh, yeah. what's the story with the track time, my dude? Well, hold on, we're getting there, dude. Are we getting, I, I want to know. I want to cut gonna, right to the I mean, end. Yes, yeah. no, well, it's not the end. Well, it's let me let me back it up a little bit because um, let me just talk about the experience before I even left. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that um, Nancy works with Kat? She's mm-hmm. the one your point of contact for like up until the week before. And, um, you know, typically when I book a trip to New York or to Denmark, like it's all, you know, you book it and then I have to do all the research. I have to, you know, check out the stuff and do stuff. But like once you pay the fee, like they take care of everything for you. And it's like, you're like, but what? But no, they're like, no, we got it. It's good. It's done, you know? And, um, and then like, once a week or every two weeks, you'll get like an email from Nancy with more information about the trip. Mm. Um, there's some documents and this and that, and they just, they just here, send me this and we'll take care of it for you. And they do meaning like they'll forward your passport to all the hotels. They'll have you pre-booked in and like, you just kind of roll up and they're ready for you. Right. Um, oh, cool. 
Then she sends so like he's, he's on point is what you're saying. This is yeah. it's great to get this feedback on, you know, cat strips and to hear he really Yeah, has well they his she even together. sends like a list of like really basic greetings in all the different languages. Right. So if you want to sit there and practice like hello and goodbye and thank Whoa, you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I concur with this. I mean, I decided me and Henry and Lila decided that we were going to go out a couple of days early and just kind of relax for a couple of days. And I just let Nancy know and she said, "Great, no an hour later." Yeah, hotel's she, booked. she's like, your hotel's good. It's booked. I got you there three yeah. extra days. I got you day two two days early. Yeah. Just show up. And um, yeah, and so a couple other things is she'll give you like um, like this long email with like pictures attached. Like, check this place out. Definitely go to this place. If you want motorcycle gear, do this. Like, just tons and tons and tons of information um, to really prepare you. So you literally like all you have to do is pack your stuff and, and get on the plane. So you, you kind know? of basically have like a local guide there, huh? You're not going in there all blind and you just, yeah, there's somebody to give you a heads up and yeah. giving you a lay of the land. Yeah. And they, they cool. even have like packing tips, right? Cool. So yeah. like she'll send a link and cat has this whole, like, um, kind of a 20 minute thing going over, like, you know, here's all the things that are in my pack, you know? Yeah. And I've done this like so many times, like here's the things not to bring, you know what I mean? Here's the things to bring, Bring whatever you want, but just keep in mind, you know. So, was there anything that, in hindsight, you would suggest to bring, or you would bring? Um, I'd probably bring like one or so less pair of uh, clothes. Um, you know, I would definitely. He says to bring like a plug for each country for the the outlets oh. instead of the multi plug. Mm-hmm. But my multi plug seemed to work pretty well. Okay. It was like kind of a universal one that has right. like USB plugs in it. So that was really, really helpful because, you know, at home at night, I would uh, plug in my GoPro, plug in my iPad, plug in my helmet, uh, comm, plug in my cell phone. Right. And if you only have one thing and you plug it in, you can only charge one thing. So you can either carry like four of everything mm-hmm. or you can carry the multi plug with USB plug in. So that was really, really helpful. Um, and then he had a roll up. Um, thing right that you put in your closet it's got a hanger on it and it basically rolls down and eat it's got pouches in it with your like shirts underwear socks but it's really good especially if you're you're like traveling the way that you are you know that you have bags on your bike you just throw so it yeah there. you didn't have any vehicle yeah we didn't have a chase vehicle because so we were too you had small to take everything with you which is fine which huh. was which actually worked fine because like how much shit do you need when you're right out of and we, we don't have a chase vehicle either so yeah. you know it's do the, the bikes of, have bags on them yeah oh okay yeah a top case two side and a tank bag uh, oh, yeah. you, got, you said you got the BMW 900 something? XR. XR, yeah. XR, okay. Yeah, it was cool. Do we have that here? Bike. Those are cool. Uh, yeah. We have yeah. the 1,000, don't we? We have the 1,000. Yeah, uh, it's a 900. But we, wait. do we have an F900 XR? Not yeah. the XR. I don't think so. I don't think, Not I, the XR. I think I've seen the... It's a thousand, isn't it? The S one thousand XR. Yeah, no, the F nine hundred is a two cylinder bike. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. It's pretty sick. Um, yeah, but it just going back to like the preparation beforehand was like there's tons of communication, tons of information, and there's like it's almost like when you come here to the garage, um, like you you don't have to think as much because there's like years and years of experience just being given to you. Yeah. Right. So it's like if you can if you can like think ahead enough to like just kind of take advantage of that and go with the flow, then it makes things a little bit easier for you instead of like knowing that you're thinking, you know, best when you've never done it before. So was it nice, easy riding or because it's a small group? Was it kind of game on? Um, was it? Did you guys you definitely get, have get to into pass? It? You definitely have to do a lot of passing of vehicles on like two lane roads because uh, there's a lot of those. Um and, you know, having comms is really good because somebody passes and there's a blind turn coming up, they can be like, yo, you're clear. 
Yeah. And then you can just pass right, the car. Right, because they provide comms for everyone, right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, that's cool, too. Well, it really probably makes his job easier, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as the writing goes, um, you know, Dave came with us. Mm-hmm. That, that works for me. And, and um, he rides, but not you know nearly as much as me. Yeah, I was going to say, he's no quite problem. low in experience. That's right. But he had no problem. Every time I look in the mirror, there he is. He right. was Nobody was holding up the group. Right. Um, I think with a larger group, you're definitely going to run into well, like what, that. Huge so what's happening with us is we're we're being broken up into groups according to experience, and the irony for me is that I've probably got more years riding than anybody else in the group, even Cat. But I'm kind of taking care of the very very low experience. Well, be careful with Lila because you probably want to get out and take pictures all the time. Well, no, I mean it's it's you got to. Um, you know, they're going to have to um, take the the prescribed time. But obviously, I want to make sure that they keep themselves safe. Um, did, did I mean, we, we ride around the mountains here so much, and it ties into what we're to staying safe. Um, did you get, was it tiring riding? Or because you're used to riding in the mine, mountains around here, it wasn't a big deal? When it started raining at some point, for some reason, it got really tiring. Because mm-hmm. the thing was, like, you still, you didn't keep the same pace. But the motorcycle had a mode to turn to rain, which is really, really cool. Um, but... It had rain mode, which we never use here because we're in fucking California, right? We have fire yeah. mode. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that got a little bit tiring for, for whatever reason. I think I had to, like, really be a lot more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be as intuitive riding. Um, and, you know, it, it just, you know, things slowed down a bit more, and it was towards the end of the day. So I think that's what happens, too. At the end of the day, you might get a little bit tired. Yeah, yeah there was definitely points where I'm like, okay, like, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of things that I'm seeing. And like, especially when you get up in the Alps, the Italian Alps and the Austrian Alps, it's um, big. Have you been up there? Uh, yeah, I've been up to the uh, French Alps before. Right okay, there. It, it's it's stunning, and it's it's overwhelming, yeah. and it, it looks like something out of a movie. Um, it looks like a movie set everywhere you go, and then mm-hmm. in like certain places, like you know how we have like uh, Yosemite, right? It's going there. It's so grand, waterfalls, waterfalls, waterfalls. It was kind of like that, but like nonstop. Like you keep going, you bust out into a new valley, and it's just like, oh, you know, and it's like, and you're like, this is crazy. The craziest thing I've ever seen. Boom. You go, you know, up the valley through the pass, go down to another one. You're like, boom, another one. You're like, what the fuck? And then you come out of that one, go into another <laughs> one. Boom. There's another one. You're just like, it's just nonstop, overwhelming. Another majestic scene. Yeah. Where, was, where it just, it, it just, and that's kind of what I was saying. Somebody's like, oh, what was your favorite part? I was like, I fucking, there was no favorite part. The whole trip. <laughs> start to finish was unfucking real was it kind of fun when you're out riding around and you stop for like you know coffee and a cookie or something like that um because I was, I was in scotland that, that would happen and there'd be other groups of riders like from that area and you get to check out their bikes and their gear and their clothes yeah it's kind of cool huh yeah i've seen a lot of full tracksuit people on venture bikes and <laughs> i've seen a lot of um arrow stitches and shit like that you so know, stuff. what kind of accommodations were you staying at motel sex Oh, <laughs> that's no. six in German. Oh, I thought it was one with the, the bar of soap with a hole in it. Bagel's the only one he left. <laughs> they do have good night no. TV so, there. No, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. were you staying at Motel Scheiss? No. <laughs> um, they were like, um, I think for this trip specifically, he picked really, um, they, they weren't like five star Ritz, like with like, you know. Free fucking massage and and pools and and, mm. and this and that. Free it, happy endings. They were like these these buildings that were a couple hundred years old, but like were completely 
like stunning and, right. and, 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 and like revamped and up to kind of date, but still had all that original there. So like when we were in Austria, um, I put the videos up and it would be like, you know, I had this, I guess it was like some sort of, I, I might be wrong about it, but it was like a Royal summer home was what it was. Right. Um, and then I had like some suite or something in it and it basically was facing the valley and we'd get up in the morning it looked like we were on like an island in the clouds was mm-hmm. what it was like so wow. you had these massive nice. just beautiful mountains just kind of overlooking on both sides and then the sun coming through clouds on them so you'd get these like, just, like beams of light everywhere right when you when you get up in the morning then there'd be like a church bell ringing and you look down into the valley and you could see the village and it's like a modern village but with like old stuff too and a river going through it and it's everything like you would think that I'm explaining it is. It's that insane, right? Mm. And All right. So the roads are perfect. The coffee's great. The accommodations are good. The Prague was sick. The hotel at the track uh, at Brno. So let's get to the, let's get to the money shot as yeah. as knock ones. Well, I could explain the route too. So so yeah. we went from Munich. We drove down to Austria. Uh, we stayed at this hotel Griebelhof or something like that. Um, like when I was just explaining, uh, for two nights and while we were there, we drove around through the Alps and then we went through the Italian Alps and came back. We passed the hotel that you're going to stay at. We met the right. owner. She's very sweet. Um, she says chow a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so as do I. Yeah. So we went back, like I could show you on my map, you could see the route, how we went back to that hotel twice. And then it was kind of our home base. And then we drove all the way through Austria I think it was like the longest leg was going all the way through Austria, which was cool because there was like some highway and then there was like these village roads where you just rip and there's like these sweeper turns and you just bust out and there's like this tiny little village, you know, in the middle of nowhere with like a church and and like a a tunnel you have to go through that's like made from the buildings. It was just insane. But it was like over. How long was that? How long was that ride? Uh, maybe from, about from, seven hours. Okay, that's not bad actually. But it was because yeah. it, you know, he, like he could have made it a four-hour trip, but he wanted to make it like let's see Austria. Yeah, you know, yeah, castles. Yeah. You'll have like a castle, like you're just passing by, and there's just like thirteen hundred castle sitting right on a bluff, like yeah. as you're going across this like pristine river, right. and then going over a bridge. You're like, how the fuck am I here right now? Like, yeah, what is this like? And then you think to yourself, there's a town right here, and I'm like, some kid's gonna grow up here in this place and yeah. like do big things like because yeah. your life is like fucking great you know <laughs> so what you're saying is we always brag about how good we get i thought so Cruz, too i i feel like, stupid we, we for got, saying that we, got, we ain't got no game is what you're well, saying well no i hang feel on, dumb Liza. for fucking telling people that now no no <laughs> you know it's if you want to find industrial concrete gray wasteland in italy it's easy to find you know, if you want to find industrial, really gritty, grimy towns in England, Germany, Austria, you can find them. I mean, the Alps is known as one of the most beautiful places in the world. Are they anything so, like like Detroit, though? Those Grammy cities? Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> like like the bad parts of Detroit. Yeah. That's Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> that's the town I grew up in. I mean, that, that's Birmingham. Town, too. All right. New Brighton Beach. So it's a great tour, but what, the boys what makes fun. Kat's tours so special Cat. is at the end you get to go to a- Well, it wasn't the end, but- So you, but during this tour, you get to go to a track. Mm-hmm. And not just any track, right? Yeah, it's a MotoGP circuit. MotoGP track. So which track did you go to? Yeah. We went to the uh, Brno, uh, the track in uh, Czech Republic, Brno. Mm-hmm. And we were nice. there for three days. There's like a hotel. It's called the Grid Hotel. So oh, you had three days on the track? Yep. 
Oh man, wow. that's full track day. Wow. And you had instruction yeah. too. Yeah. So you don't just go. It's like the European race school. This is from Bruno. <clears throat> We're on thousand cc. Oh, cool picture! It's Mike racing. Now, did you teach them how we Americans ride faster than they do? <laughs> so I have a whole yeah, I have a whole thing about the experience there. It was just unbelievable, right? Yeah, so, I seem to remember they called you very old fashioned, didn't they? Yeah, they said my style was old fashioned, and I was like, <laughs> I, I was just like, I have a style. <laughs> you like, that's a you know, right there. Yes. You, you've been really been working on your riding technique and have gotten. Um, You've been getting your knee down and getting, you know, faster and faster. Yeah. So, but then you go there and you get crushed a little bit. No, not at all. So, um, I had gone to Laguna. All right. So, I'm not going to say what this organization was on the air, but I went to Laguna Seca because I broke my wrist, right? And I got the cast off like a couple days before I went. Uh, And that was like my only concern was I was going to, you know, have a difficulty on the trip and I didn't. Um, but I really wanted to test it out. And I said to Kat before we left, I said, hey, I'm going to go and, uh, and and hop at Laguna. You think it's a good idea? He was like, no, don't do it before you go. And I was like, you know, I don't, I've never really been one to take. You well, know. and you're coming off having a broken wrist. You didn't really want to risk that. Well, it wasn't really about risk. It was really more about like just seeing what my threshold was, like oh, okay. like understanding what, you know, where I could, you know, how far I could go and, and, and or should I not even do the track? Should I just kind of putt-putt in the back and just learn, you know, have fun riding around, let people pass? All right, so let me mm-hmm. ask you this. Three days of riding there, did it make you a better rider? Oh, fuck yeah. So, okay, so let me just back it up. So when we pull up there, there's a place called the Grid Hotel, right? Yeah. And if you look it up online, its place is fucking dope. I mean, like, this is the place where I, I'm assuming like, when GP comes through, like, the executives stay and, like, the yeah. racers or some mm-hmm. shit, unless they want to stay in their fancy you know, uh, buses, like this place is like top notch. And you walk into the lounge, it looks like really modern and futuristic. And then like, they even have a racing game right in the, in the Mm -hmm. lobby. As soon as you come in, you just play for free. And it's like every track in Europe is on it. It's got the three screens. You sit down, it's like a car game. It was so crazy, but it almost looks like an office building. Oh, it's so stunning. It's, it's so cool. And then you could ride. So we rode Bruno track like a bunch of times on the car just to kind of figure it's it, in the lobby. It looks like you're playing a movie, like you're in it. Yeah. Wow. And then they have a bar. They've got a full restaurant. Um, they have a, a cleaning service. So we just took all our clothes and he was like, you know, clean them. And they did drop it off in the morning at your place in your room or whatever. The rooms were really pretty. As soon as you go upstairs, there's like pictures of racers and stuff in your room. And then like, as soon as you pop the TV on, it's like some weird, crazy race channel. We have hmm, something very sick. similar here, you know. Knock. What is that game at the boardwalk that you can drive that has Highway 17 on it? Oh, what is that? This, Ro- right? Road Rash? Yeah, then Road you can rash? go get oh, on yeah. Highway 17, <laughs> right? Highway really? 17, really? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's awesome. Thank I know. But, um, <laughs> so he sets this thing up, right? And and so this is like if anybody does track dates here, I don't, I, I'm assuming like California Race School or Superbike, it would yeah, be California similar. Superbike. Basically, what they do is that there's a track day provider that rents the track for sessions, right? Um, so, wait, are you the only ones there at the track? Or is there, no. Okay, so no. there's other track. Yeah, there's so much. It's, it's a fucking huge track. They've got a go kart track going at the same time, they've got like a mini moto track going at the same time. They've yeah. got like, you know, instructional stuff going on here on in, inside the track. And the thing is surrounded by woods, like the, um, like I don't know, what do you call those woods there? The um, forest. Yeah. No, no, no. But uh, Sherwood. 
whatever. It's, <laughs> it's thick. No, that's right? that's where Robin Hood lived. But the track is so big, it's got its own set of woods in the middle of the track. <laughs> like straight yeah, up. Yeah. Like Because uh, I remember wow. I walked down, and I'm looking, and I'm like, holy shit, dude, that's like the woods, and that's in the middle. Like, and But there's still like other shit going on there. Um, so it's a, big, it's a big track day event, so there's a lot of stuff going on. And instructors, yeah. and so you guys are just kind of folded into this existing track day? Kind of. I We got our own session, right? So oh. so basically we get, you know, like, you know how you'd have like A group, B group, C group. Mm-hmm. We get our own, whatever it is, 20 or 30 so minute session. ABC and American. No, but there oh, no, is. Old so, fashioned. So it's called the uh, European Race School is yeah. what it is, what we were signed up for. And basically what they do is they bring out like 50 brand new, like R1000, whatever the SS is, or what, what SR. are they called? SR. Yeah. Uh, race bikes, like just broken in, 550 miles on it, right? Um, fully set up, and then they'll have like tire warmers and 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 stands, and the guys coming out checking your pressure every time you get off track, checking right before you go on, oh, filling it up with nice. gas, like you know. And then you come out, and they've got like this really fancy truck with like espressos and tea and <laughs> there, coffee. There it is and, again. And it, it's just like it, it. It's so well done. And then each person, each crew gets like three people get an instructor. The instructor follows you for your entire lap and will film you. So he's like right behind you filming everything that you do. And then he will, um, as soon as you get off, you've got 20 minutes and the instructor will pull you in and bring you up to the computer, pull shit up, go turn by turn with you and show you what you're doing wrong. Talk to you about it. Tell you, you know, here's what we correct. Let's work on this. You know, try it like that and go to the bike with you and do it. Go to the next guy and he does that. And then you have a 20 minute actual class. And and you get actual like coaching. Yeah. No joke. Oh no! That's like individual so, to like yeah. what you're doing wrong, and here's how we fix May it. May I present into argument <laughs> evidence one? Drawings. Old fashioned. So who's this guy? Because you yeah. were, you were drawing. You said the old fashioned line is on the left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were explaining that you're like you're thinking you're like you're doing real good, right? And he's like, no, it's old fashioned. Yeah. There's a completely different way to enter and exit the corners. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh. It's gonna. So all right. So. It, there's a lot of things that. on this trip that were like I, I have like um, this thought I've had these experiences and it's like kind of like well this is the way things are right and and this is how you do this and 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 because this is what I've done for so long this is what these roads look like here's how you operate a bike you know here's how you you know are on the road with other people mm-hmm. and then I go on this trip and drive around all these places and all that shattered right and and it's uh it's also cool you know mm-hmm. and then the track was exactly the same way um in that it was really hard for me to adopt the style. So when you go to a track day here, I went to Laguna Seca. It was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. I'm not going to say the organization I was with, but we I signed up for C Group because I never rode Laguna. And I had mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep the night before Laguna. I was okay for this trip because I knew I was going to be whatever. Yeah. But like I was so excited for Laguna, I, I fucking couldn't go to yeah, bed until like 1.32, right? So um, I get there, we do, we do the C Group, and they're like, all right, everybody going for the class, right? So we go and we we get we all pile into this room. There's no chairs, no tables, and 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 the guy stands there and he says, um, "Okay, so we're gonna do a lead follow after the first lap. You guys can just kind of go and 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 go off on your own." But so I was like, "Okay, sure." So I like put my hand up, and I said, "Well, this was this was Laguna. This was not in Europe." And I said, um, "Any questions?" And I put my hand up, and he's like, he looked at me, and he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, um, is there like visual cues for the for the um, for the the corkscrew? Yeah. I said I'm pretty sure it's a blind fucking hill. 
Yeah. And we need to have like a visual marker for where to a aim A lot of the times bike. they'll set out cones to show people no. where an apex no. is at no. track days. So this guy looks at me and he looks so fucking pissed. <laughs> like like I said, he was the worst rider in the world. Some, what, I don't know what his fucking deal was, but he, he looks at me and he's like, yeah, no. Uh, usually people just kind of do it by feel. It's kind of a feel turn. Everybody's got their own feeling for it. So you just got to get out there and, and feel it out. And I'm sitting there looking at the rest of the guys who are about to do this. So the first time on Laguna Sega, the scariest fucking track in all of MotoGP, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I was I didn't want to say anything else. And I was like, okay, yeah, dude. And and no joke, sure enough, when me and Trevor and Dave got off, they were fucking white after the first one. And we had zero instruction the entire day. And it was kind of hooligan, right? Not to wow. mention, just like every track day I go to, you know, every session, the bike, the 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 track turns into a graveyard. Right. Yeah. Every time you go out, you're like, "Oh, that's a Panigale upside down." Holy shit! You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, Jeez. oh my god, there goes that Harley Sportster that looked like a race bike, like in a tr- like you know what I mean, like yeah. in the fence. Yeah, you know, and you just see people going off. You see the helicopter coming in, ambulance. Oh, sorry guys, track day shut down for two hours. We both ambulances are gone. Every fucking yeah. time. I'm so used to it. I'm just like waiting to hear like you know that things are shut down or like oh I hope that guy lived right. All right. <laughs> so. Wow. European Cut race to, school, yes, 150 down the straight. Everybody's on a thousand cc leader bikes. People were running 220s at Brno. Yeah, not one crash in three days. Three oh, fucking yeah. days. I was like, I, I that was like the to me. I was like, wait, nobody crashed. That was so fucking crazy to me. You think that's uh, because of instruction or Absolutely. the track or the the maybe too you said they're doing everything for you on the bikes rather than expecting you to show up with your own bike and ride it it could be like a little bit from each column right yeah i i think it was a little bit of all those things and that um you know the track's a little bit wider than our tracks here it might be a bit more groomed you know the bikes were a little bit better but i also think that you had people following you telling you don't do this I'll be behind yeah. you next time. Mm-hmm. Do it like this. I'm reminded, Liza, you remember correcting. when we were down in L.A. and we did the Honda course? Mm-hmm. And we lucked out because it was just basically us two. Mm-hmm. But the level of instruction we got and the quality of equipment we were on and the quality of mm-hmm. gear we were on, we had a really enjoyable yeah. day. So, I mean, it, that level of instruction is available here. It was crazy. Uh, um, yeah. So, how did they do the instruction? Um, classrooms, like proper classroom with a with a blackboard. He had a tire. He would bring the tire up and like show you different things and angles and what's expected. How the 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 the, the suspension, how the bike operates. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like you're learning the course from the instructors out there, um, and then you're learning about how to ride in, in the classroom, right? So, and they would go over like all these things. And so basically, this guy, Martin, we might have been like 68 years old. I, I mean, this guy looked like he, he should have been in, uh, what do you call that, um, when people, hospice. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't, this fucking guy, bro. I mean, this guy looked like a ghoul, he, he, but he was amazing, right? And if you watch the video, right, I'm going full bore as fast as I can. I'm coming out of the corners, and he's in the video, and you could see he's like, comes up on me so quickly that he's got to back off. And be like, okay. And I'm like holding a line and I'm like getting over and then I'm setting up and doing this. And he's not doing any of that. He could be easily going like 30 or 40 miles an hour faster than I'm going in any corner and just like move wherever he wants. Like it was a 400 he was on. It was so fucking crazy. No effort. So what is the new secret apex technique? Well, so there's a couple different things. And the whole entire thing was about um, not getting any... um, um, not getting any movement in the bike while you're in a turn, right? So what they were saying was angle, lean angle equals risk. 
And then when I was riding around, Martin's like, oh, you're old fashioned. Your style is so old fashioned. I'm like, bro, you're like 80. You calling me old fashioned? Like, what the? F- this is so weird. But um, it's old fashioned. I said, well, I broke my wrist six six weeks ago or five weeks ago. He's like, old fashioned. <laughs> That's why. And I don't make it excuses. Yeah, but I broke my wrist. Old fashioned. And I, and, I, and I explained it to him. He was like, this is exactly why you did that. Right now, I know exactly what you, I did wrong. You're sure he didn't think you were a waiter and he just wanted a drink? No, he wanted an old fashioned. <laughs> oh, with a special sauce, kid. Yeah, in the alley. So yes. the trick was this. They were, he was saying that, especially with the 1,000s, that you don't get any, you can't beat anybody in a quarter on a 1,000. You win races by being straighter, faster, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes on a chicane, you sacrifice the first turn for the second turn so you can get better drive out of the turn. And I started doing that, and I was with Cat, and I ripped him on one turn because I got that, right? I hit it a, a late apex, but I went out a little bit wider, and I was straighter first, and I was able to use the power of the 1,000 to fucking drive out. So as he's winding yes. up, I'm already passing him and shifting gears. So he's no way he can catch up to me at that point, right? So they want to want you to minimize the lean angle time. That's right. Yeah. So Keeps he was saying more the- lean angle equals more risk. So yeah. he wants you to make 90 degree turns. Similar uh, to it, right? not necessarily 90 degree turns, but like take the curves out of stuff because the curves yeah. create a lean angle and that puts you on the side even longer, which creates more risk. So and the other whole thing about it is that, like, he kept stressing, and he would say these things, and it was like teaching children, because I could see the way he was instructing us, mm-hmm. and, I, and I got what he was doing, because I'd be like, oh, well, why would he say that to us? Because we're all fucking children. He's like, he would say something stupid, like, well, um, okay, what are, what are um, things to increase safety when you're going down the main straight? And somebody would say, brakes. And he would write, okay, brakes. He'd write it on the board, right? What what you know what increases safety? Downshifting. Okay, downshifting, right? And and what increases safety? You're like loading the suspension, loading the suspension, right? And they'd write all these things, right? And then he would say, Okay, great. We've got this huge list of things that are safe to do while you're in a straight. Then he would say, um, in light bulb moment. Well, what are what are unsafe things to do in a turn? And he circled every fucking one of them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like yeah. like yeah. common sense, but like the way he he stated yeah. it to us was he's like, so just so you know. All of these things create risk. All of these things shift the bike around. Anything that's moving the bike or, or changing any any of the geometry on it while you're in a turn is going to create a risk. It's going to make your front wash out or your back wash out. So how do we eliminate that? What do we do? And then he went over this whole thing about what I see everybody do here, which is like, oh, Marquez, he breaks the latest. So what do we do on the track? We ride as hard as we can fucking in and then doom, 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 downshift, 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 break, 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 break. And then throw the thing in and then like fucking 180 degree lean knee down the entire fucking time. That's what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Got no fucking knee pads left, but I got my knee down. Right. And I'm ripping through it like a 60 degree fucking angle almost with my elbow down for like the entire turn. But what does that do? You know, I start driving at the apex in the middle of a fucking lean and giving it a little bit of gas. Well, what, what's happening? My entire fucking suspension is compressed. The mm-hmm. front. Right, and then all. Oh, what do I do? I change that fucking that geometry by giving it gas, and so now my front, front end, end goes up. up, and my back end drops yeah. in. Right, and how does that work? Sometimes you get away. Sometimes it's a good. Sometimes it's a shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you fucking wash out. What happens? You high side at eighty on turn six at Thunder Hill. Right. Break your fucking wrist. So, um, the trick, and what what you're asking me, Jim, is what she has on that thing was um, change your line. You know, if you have an 100, it's, so imagine this is a 90 degree turn. Imagine you had 180 degrees. It continued, mm-hmm. right? You double apex, right? That's common sense. You know, double apex. Mm-hmm. Don't just ride it around. But what you do is the California way would be to break, 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 all the way into the turn, 
throw it over and lean it. Jump over, yeah. What they're saying is engine uh, is uh, trail braking. So the way that I understand it and the way that we're getting it is that if you're coming down the straight on the bottom there on the left, and say I had 150, I'm at 150 miles an hour, right? And then there's brake markers. There's 200 meters, 100 meters, and then you're at the turn. If you get to the 100 meter mark line and you're not broke, like fully, you know, engaged in your brake or downshifted to the gear that you need to be, then they go over the gears that you're supposed to be in mm-hmm. each fucking turn. That was crazy. I was like, holy shit, I'm first gear turn. And I did it, and I and I got two seconds on the whole fucking track, right? Um, so if you if you basically what you do is downshift, downshift, downshift. You do all the things that shift the bike around and do stuff. You're on the straightaway, and you're in a full tuck. You lean your right right butt over. You pop up, and then while you're downshifting, so you you've already taken that shifting the weight to the right side. You're downshifting, which plants the tire into the rear, right? And you're braking really fucking hard. So to get a bike to go from 150 miles an hour down to around 60, 100 miles, you're, you're scrubbing off in 100 meters, mm-hmm. 150 meters, it's like right? Riding a supermoto. It's insane, right? So the whole wow, so what happens to the, to the bike moment. when you do that? The entire front slams into the front tire. Mm-hmm. So all of your uh, everything's on the front tire. Well, what they're teaching us to do is keep that in with your momentum, right? So you've done your 100 percent braking. Say I've scrubbed my speed instead of I want to take the turn at the apex at no more than fifty miles an hour, maybe sixty. It's pretty high, so I would hit around eighty when I'm like like hit my maximum brake, and then as I'm go- I start turning, I'm still on the brake and I'm releasing. So I'm at eighty percent brake, and now I'm at like seventy miles an hour. Right now I'm at seventy percent brake, and I'm at whatever the fuck it they're going down incrementally, you know. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get to the apex, you're at like five percent on the brake. And the entire time, what you've done is you've kept the front end slammed to the ground until you get to the absolute apex. And then when you're releasing it, that front end, the entire time you've been going into the apex has been stabilizing and coming up a little bit. Just front brake? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So then when you, when, you, when you hit the gas, it's not this shock to the front of the bike where the front jumps up and the back drops in. Mm. You've already kind of like, right. like slowly through the, the, the radius of the turn... Um, adjusted suspension so that the back tire could take the power and then you 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 know because of the line you're taking you're in a straight line before everybody else this guy's still on the knee going sideways 60 miles an hour i'm already straight and i'm going like 90 out of the turn so you became a better rider we'll see when i ride the american (laughs) tracks i this is all fascinating i'm so glad you had an amazing time we have to wrap up because we got other stories to get to so I'm just curious, like, can uh, I say some more shit though about the sport bike stuff? Because I, I want to know. I, I want to know, know just so so we know. So layout escapes. How many stars out of five do you give it? Six. Okay. I'm going back to Italy in September. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the Tuscany up. one. Yeah, he asked me to come and uh, do drone shots for him. I have two questions on this. Yeah, were you old school when you left? When I came back here, after the training. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he has he has more tools in the bag now. I have something to practice. Nice. Yeah. And a few times you mentioned video and pictures. Is there a place for people to go look at them out there on the uh, interwebs? I'm working on it. Okay. I do like a lot of the videos and stuff for them. But since I've been back, I, I have I've I've had so much footage, so much drone shots, so much GoPro, yeah, so much content that I actually have to uh, pre-edit them before I even put them into my video editor because I just need to uh, get content the best selection. Shots. Yeah, but absolutely. I guess my question is, do you have an account somewhere people could go follow at yeah. any time? Yeah, but you can go on my Instagram. Okay. 
Well, most of the people here kind of know me. Is that the one elderly uh, anal mamas? No, <laughs> yes. no, no. It's fucking <laughs> backstop boys. <laughs> you call me backstop boys. Tasty Mike, the nasty yes. noodler. Yeah, that, that's the one I know, the nasty noodler. Yeah, Hollywood NY Mike. That's my Instagram. Hollywood, I, New know, York, Mike. I think you can go on my YouTube so page. So you said you want to say something about the bikes? Yeah. So like, here's a couple of other things that I didn't realize. So like, you know, when you're going down the main straight, where's your butt on a sport bike knock? Um, Where's your butt on the main straight? On the back. Yeah. And then when you're, when you're, where's your crotch when you're going through a turn? Off to the side. Yes. But where off to the side? Are you close you to the tank, the tank or are you lean back? Oh, um, kind of towards it. So... Yeah, you're just thinking about MotoGP and not what you actually do on the track. So I appreciate that. But, yeah. Because I've seen you ride. <laughs> <laughs> so you here's what I've seen. Yeah, I've seen you. Yeah, no. catch up. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Oh, so I always like thought that, especially on my little bike and my big body, that I have to be all the way back, mm-hmm. right? And then you watch people and they get down, they have their elbow down, their knee down. And like, mm-hmm. how are they so sideways on the bike? How are they laying on top of the bike? Mm-hmm. So, and I think um, basically what they were saying is that you have to hook. I forget the exact... No, your heel hook. Yeah, so... Your, your, your outer uh, yeah. peg. And so your outer peg outer is tank. in the middle of your foot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your your lean foot is on the toe. Yep. So if you're making a right turn, your toe is on the thing. And then, so that was a really hard thing because when I'm riding around, I'm like this right. all the time, just the in toes. preparation to move, whatever. It helps with fatigue. Yeah. Because and then the second thing was... relaxed. And so he's trying to do an example. Yeah, yeah but do you see mm-hmm. where the bar is? It's right by your knee. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, imagine that was a tank. That tank needs to be right here. Mm-hmm. Right so, yeah. which was so odd to me and so weird because I'm used to scooting all the um, way back in my seat yeah. and laying on the tank and because and, I'm already in a full tuck. Mm-hmm. But you know, the it's, it's funny, and I've, I've never really been taught this, but whenever I'm going quick, really quick through turns, always kind of, when I'm in turn, I always kind of scooch myself up to the tank. Yeah, I'm yeah. really, it's really close for to a lot the of tank. People. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, and I train myself to push myself back because I thought I needed more space to get. But my you don't. You need to be up front. You balance towards the, the back bike better. Towards the back is when you're braking because the rear end wants to come up. The yeah. theory is you put more weight on the ass end of the bike so it doesn't come up as yeah. much. But yeah. nowadays people are just right up in the tank anyway since the rear end's going to come up anyhow. It's just a bizarre yeah. thing to me to get into the turn and, and prepare to put my knee down and get like sideways. And and I'm like in the middle of the bike instead of laying mm-hmm. on top of the bike because I'm a big person, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to like get into that position and throw my leg out. Yeah. So and now now that means I need to move my rear set forward about an inch or two just mm-hmm. to get a little bit more clearance to get my leg in that position. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that, and Cat was like uh, arguing with him because he's like, "Oh, I'm too big for this." But what they were also saying was that what that does too is it minimizes changing the uh, the weight distribution in the turn. So if my big body is towards the back wheel of the bike. Instead of in the middle, then my body is affecting the movement of the bike in the middle of the turn, yeah. whether I'm throttling out or I'm breaking into it. So if I'm in the middle, it kind of takes stabilizes it, and and okay. the more stability equals more traction. And I shall be the more judge speed. of whether you've got a big body or not. I do. <laughs> you've right. seen it. Uh, yeah, we've I slept have. together. Yeah, many I know. Times. Many body times. Mike. And you still owe me money. I got a question for you, <laughs> Papa Bowie. Can you imagine riding the way you're riding on these tracks on your old SV650? <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. I would love to with that low down power. I'd probably blow the engine the yeah, first time around. I had bop, 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 bop. I had a 99 SV650 on the ramp this week. Oh, really? And I forgot how good With gr- the tube frame? Yeah. I forgot how that, that's, great that's they the, are. That's the Gen 1? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The That's earliest of the early. It's cast. Sure so oh, they are great bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to, first of all, say thank you, Mike, for telling that story. And I'm so, it's such a relief uh, to hear that, that, that cat puts on such a wonderful tour. Oh, yeah. And I just want to let everyone know you can go to Layout Escapes. That's L E O D escapes.com and maybe join Mike. Yeah. In Italy, I, what month? Uh, September, or uh, like last August. Yeah, last 31st of August to September 9th or something. Ooh. Um, it's the Magello. Yeah, I'm doing Ooh. the Magello track oh, in that's Tuscany a good one. and Sardinia oh, and all yeah, this other buddy. shit. Um, well, everything goes better. I am, can I just uh, say one I thing about... Jelly that you're going to Mugello. You can come with me. It's cool. <laughs> you work for my company, bro. I'll take you. Just um, want to say that it, it, up front, the price seems a bit high, but if I was to put all this stuff together myself, I wouldn't be able to do it. And like what you're getting for what you're paying, it, it's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a fantasy thing. I think that it's like one of those things where like you should absolutely fucking do it, you know, because by the time you're well, done doing it, if I went to New York, right? Took my family there, did all this shit, yeah, yeah. came back. It probably cost me like five, six grand. I don't know, right? Right. But I go and do this trip for a couple thousand more, and it's like it covers so much in a short period of time, and everything's taken care of for you that it, it, it's maybe it is a fantasy thing. Maybe it, like get the fantasy done, do it. Well, it's fantasy in that you're having it, it's really a high end uh, tour that everything is being taken care of for you. Um. So, and it sounds like he just really well. And it. before we do the high end stuff. If um, Emma and Kat's Alpine Adventure is a success, we're going to be doing more of them. Yeah, that's so I mean, you you're going to have an entry level yeah. price point for Cat Cat's Adventures as well. So, so I wanted to get back to SV650 because Mike, you had one mm-hmm. pumpkin. Uh, Zach still has one, which has a I long do. history here. He probably took parts um, off my bike to keep that one going. And I'm I was, sure he did. I, I did. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about the SV650 recently. We used to see them everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Tons of people had them. Yes. They were affordable. I yes. mean, you got great bang for the buck. Yes. Some people, people raced were them. racing them. Yes. Commuting on them. Yes. You could do anything on them. Blowing engines. Don't see as many today. Yes, the Camry of motorcycles. Because they came out well, with the Gladys. Here's what I am. I'm, I'm proposing. Well, not proposing. My theory. I, here we go. I'm wondering if the SV650 because it's what 20 years old now. Oh well, 23 years okay, 20 old. Years old. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if the SV650 in another 20 years will be what the CB750 is to us today. Mm. If it will have the same impact. Because you think about it, the CB750, it was... No, there was nothing like it. It was a race bike. It was a touring bike. It was everything bike. There was a ton of them everywhere. No, you're just talking about the fact that there's a lot of them, but the CB750 yeah, historically had more going for it than just numbers. And in a fi- as good a bike as the SV is, yeah. and the SV is an amazing little bike, when the CB came out, there was nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing But, but like I'm just it. proposing for the people, because you well, had maybe. so many people owned them, and in 40 years, you get people like, want to relive the past, right? And, and Liza, you're, t- you're saying in terms of like a cult bike, right? Yeah, a cult bike, collectible, people are going to be buying it, uh, well, I don't know about it, those cult numbers. I mean, it's, I'm well, just saying, it could be. Hang on. Same, be, same beloved bike. You're going to be able to get a cheap V-twin engine, is what you're saying. Well, you're like, not. That's what the SV650 Because Suzuki, v- Suzuki V-twins have got a dirty little secret. 
<laughs> Excuse they, me. They, you're allergic to them. Um, <laughs> they're um, when you use them hard and Zackle. They burn a little bit of oil. They're oil burners. And as long oh. as you are diligent about it, you can baby them down the road forever. But it doesn't take long. Oh, I forgot about the oil. I'm on a long distance trip. And all it takes, they are not happy with low oil level. You can no the, shit. The, the sleeves are replaceable, right? They not will, the sleeves, but the... Uh, this, the oh, this, but there's so much to grenade in this one of those. This podcast is brought to you by Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, they have been beloved by many, yes. and that's why I was, I was wondering if if they're st- we're they're disappearing now, like the CB750 did about twenty years in, and then forty years later, suddenly they all resurface, right? Can, right. Can I say so, something? I can I make a comment that. on the SV? Yeah. yeah. As a, pr- a prior owner, yes. Personally, one of the things that I loved about the SV was the fully fared version, and mm-hmm. and and this is like subjective, right? That. I don't like the Triumph Triple because it looks unfinished. I don't like yeah. naked bikes because I'm like, where's the rest of it, right? Yeah. Right. When I think sport bike, I think Ducati. I think like curves. I think uh, lines. I think like sexy, right? Just like a Lamborghini. Imagine the Lamborghini was missing the front bumper and the side panels. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, what the fuck? Oh, it's a naked Lamborghini. That's not a Lamborghini. <laughs> That's some other shit. You know what I mean? That's some other Some, shit right there. Somebody did that to a Corvette recently, I yeah. saw. And you're like, what the fuck? So to me, the, the fully fared version was super sexy. Well, if you put the upright handlebars on it, you know, the way that we did with the risers and the dirt bike bars, mm-hmm. maybe some bark busters, I think it's a beautiful looking bike. The Gladys and the naked version, not so much. Not so much. All right. Zach's is pretty well, cool. And that's the thing, too, is, I mean, Zach has not let go of that cult status. He still loves his dearly. In fact, it's Z- a lot to love. Zach did a lot of work on his, which is pretty cool. And that's why I wanted to have him come on and talk about everything he did. Because these SV650s, I mean, they're still great bikes for all the reasons How come you haven't blown up the engine like me? Like he's twice. diligent about the oil. Uh, well, I'm diligent about the oil, and, uh, you know, I try to keep it Keep it below eighty, below ninety horsepower. That's really that. that that's usually the amount of horsepower. So you never hit the rev limiter. Is that what you're saying? Blowing the crankshaft out, uh, not that much. <laughs> so Zach, what are all the things you did to yours, and what year is it? Uh, it's in two thousand one. Okay, so it's still when genuine. I got it. Yeah, when I got it, it was had they had a thing where the where the speedo spindle would explode, and. Oh. Um, so you wouldn't have a speedo, and when I got it, the guy had commuted in Texas on it, and for four years with no odometer, um, and it had twenty six thousand miles on the clock, but he <laughs> commuted on it. So when I got it, it probably had seventy thousand miles on it. Was his guess? Um, I put some more mileage on it, and that's that's uh, just breaking in for knock. I guess yeah, so. right. <laughs> Uh, so I did have to do some things. Um, when I got it back here, I decided to do some engine work. So I had to replace a head. Thank you, eBay. Um, and I also had to replace the crankcases because the, right. the oil the oil pressure sensor uh, the threads cracked, uh. and it's a th- it's a tapered thread, so you can't oh. really do anything about it. Oh. So, uh, I, I seem to remember I helped navigate you through that, you did. didn't I? Yeah, you did, yes, yes. Uh, incredibly, um, hundred bucks on eBay. Ah, and I so got parts are still cheap. And again, that's what I was saying. CB seven right, fifty right, right. parts were available yes. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got it in. You know, I mean, I bought some micrometers and you know bore gauges and whatnot. And actually, like you have to 
you can't test it with a ca- with calipers. It's too tight. So they no. actually turned out the new crankcases had enough oil clearance for my crankshaft. So I was like, okay, I don't even need main bearings. Perfect. Is Congratulations. Just, you're um, a machinist now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did all that. Um, and then uh, I had done cartridge emulators when I was still out there, which mm. anyone who has an SP650, if you want to, the first thing that you should do, if you want to improve the experience, okay. do cartridge emulators. 100 bucks for the emulators, 100 bucks for a set of springs, race tech. Um, but I, I put them on and I re- went and rode nine and all my corner speeds are 10 miles an hour faster. Yeah. Wow. Just the, the damper rods are so wallowy. Uh, as soon as I put the emulators in, you could eat that. You, you just feel it so much more. Um, so highly recommend that. I went when I got back. I did the ZX6R rear shock. So you got to put in. Uh, I think it would be you do the Ninja 1000 for the yeah, but the I one without the, the knuckle on it for though. the Gen Two. Right. Yeah, but remember the, I had to cut Gen, my battery box. Gen, yeah, so for the Gen One, you do want the one with the knuckle, and I had to I had to drop my battery box two inches. Yeah. Um, so oh, it was worth it. Did that. That's great. Yeah. The suspension is fantastic. Yep. Um, and then I did a couple things that I didn't know were out there that I super recommend doing, which is some electric mods. Mm-hmm. So I have a direct to battery reg rec mod. So it doesn't go into the main circuit. The, the, the reg rec goes directly into the battery. So I've mm-hmm. never had any battery problems since that. Um, the second one was a direct to battery headlight mod. So, mm-hmm. It takes your old headlight switches and it turns those to basically, they basically tick relays that then run the power comes straight out of the battery. And I, I'm not running like LED headlights or anything and whatever, whatever headlights I'm running, they like to burn it on fire. So I do recommend <laughs> anyone who has an issue with headlight brightness, you know, I think hmm. I bought a kit from East, it was Eastern Beaver was the company. Um, and uh, I know, yeah. I know. You got cool I plugs know. and stuff. Yep. I know, but are, um, these are all but, affordable mods. I think it's fifty bucks. Uh, see, that's <coughs> awesome. With like relays, they send the kit and relays and everything. It's a hundred bucks for both of them. Um, and uh, you know, once I did that, I started looking into like, okay, well, let's like make let's make this thing fun. Now that the engine is back in good shape. Um, so uh, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can do that. Right now, it's has almost all of them done to be like entry level race bike. Um, so the first thing I did was do a uh, cam swap, which is uh, kind of a crazy thing where I think I was talking about it when I was, yeah, when pay, I was out pay there. Pay attention. This is where it gets very interesting. So the cam swap is, uh, it's, you, you only do it on the first gens. You don't do it on the second gens. On the first gens, what you do is you buy a set of second gen intake cams. And then you take those intake cams and you put those into your intakes. And then you take your set of first of first gen intake cams and you put those into your exhaust. Okay. Because Ooh. they're symmetrical cams and right. they basically they just they just sleeve the gear on whatever position. So there's a diagram that you can find on SV Rider that has like the positions that you have to adjust the exhaust gears to to mm-hmm. time them as intake cams. Um, and we do all that and it gives you some more lift. Um, so that makes sense. So, oh no, that was, yeah, and I think we had this conversation, Zach, about did, triumphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. the hot mod for triumphs have got separate cams for the intake and the exhaust. And these are all pushrod triumphs, and yep. the thirty-one thirty-four cam for a triumph is an intake cam, but you put them in the exhaust, 
And you can put them in the intake. You can put them wherever you want. Stick them up your ass for all I care. <laughs> but you're going to get more one. power because it's a higher lift, as Zach says, and yep. it's a fatter cam. So you get a little less overlap, a little more time that yep. you can get those gases out and the scavenging works well. So it makes absolute sense. It's now, lovely. Now, if you want to complete the circle, we need to find out what those exhaust cams fit on another bike that can be used. I know. <laughs> right? it, it would be great. It would be great. It'd be great. And I tell you what, my, actually, I pulled out my, my, it's been a constant struggle. I have to actually find first-gen intake cams again because the ones I have have slight flat spots on them. Mm. And then I've bought some on eBay and each pair I bought has flat spots on them. Oh, man. <laughs> so if anyone has a lead on good, nice, clean, first-gen SV650 SV, uh, uh, SV intake cams, pay 70 bucks for them. So, and Emma, what kind of results will this yield? Oh, God. dramatic. It Well, it, it, getting to the heads on those fucking bikes sucks. You I can't, can't, you can't just bolt stuff in and say, oh, this is going to be great. It's yeah. like part of a calorie control diet, which would include yeah. cams, a little bit of porting work on the cylinder head, a lot of carburetor work. Um, yeah. And as Zach points out, you can you can get close to 100 horsepower out of these things, uh -huh. which is kind plenty of, out of, of a 650 nutty. V twin. Yeah. And they're lusty. Yeah, I mean, it's not a feeble 100 horsepower. These things go like the clappers, hmm. and the power's right there. I love them. Yeah. You know, any so, any time that Suzuki keeps a bike around for over 20 years because it is so good tells you the strength of that original design. Yeah. Yeah. And I I'm don't worry, I'm I'm getting to the to the rest of that balanced diet. Oh, good oh. Um, so the the other thing I did first was uh, a thing I don't know what the official term is, I call it denutering. Um, but, uh, it actually has the, it, the stock SV is, um, the timing is retarded in third in uh, second and third gear, right. um, in the mid range, because that was to pass a uh, drive by noise tests, um, in EU. Now, was this the and infamous so actually, pink wire that you had to pull? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there, there's a couple, there's a couple, it's a connector. It's, it's where your yeah. neutral switch is, where the, that connector is. So you go pull you pull out the connectors for the gears that aren't neutral. Yeah. And then, you know, it takes takes out that piece. And then, you know, what I kept reading was after you do a cam swap, it's really not gonna do that much unless you put a pipe on it. So I put an M4 full system on it. Um, just because that would be fun. Um because fuck you. And then once you once you do that, uh then you uh obviously have to rejet and adjust. So I think it runs like Fifteen pilots. Uh, it's my Cooney, like size fifteen pilots and one thirty nine point fives. So you rejet up to one fifty twos and seventeen right. on the pilot. So yeah, um, so yeah, good, good fifteen percent increase. That sounds about right. Yeah, and then you take the air filter, which is one of those things where it's got kind of the the, the extruded um, snorkel kind of thing. Yeah, and you it has a snorkel on it, and then you just take a Dremel and just cut that snorkel right out. <laughs> so open uh, yep and just you know kind of file it in i've seen some people that actually they, you get a bunch of washers to kind of raise up your tank like a half an inch yeah because oh, yeah. that's, that's a legit mod tank. too yeah totally but um, these are all pretty affordable mods that's what i'm loving about this yeah the, the m4 pipe was 700 dollars so 
and M4 was great. I just did it. You know, I've had this bike for a long time. It's like, I got, I, I resurrected it from the dead. I was like, I feel like at this point I'm, it's a, it's sunk cost, but it's forever yeah. project, you know, yeah. it's like, I just want to do it to see what it would do. Um, sure. And I will say M4 was great. Cause they sent me some, some wrong pieces and I got on the phone with them and like figured out the fitment and like, they sent me free replacement stuff and everything. Oh, so highly recommend M4 there. It's American made. I think they're in Texas. So, um, so they were great. Well, um, you can tell if they were in Texas. Were you speaking with somebody who sounded like a cowboy? No, no, I don't think I wasn't. I wasn't, but I think they are in Texas. Oh, okay, very good. <laughs> are you going to dyno this once it's all done? Uh, no, I've only. I mean, I've only butt dynoed it, and I okay. will say uh, anecdotally, <laughs> holy shit! After I put that pipe on, <laughs> holy shit! Nice. Um. And then the one thing that is to come that I think I have the parts for, but I haven't put them in yet, is a t- is a four degree timing advance. Okay, which is just a Woodruff. Th- it's just that, a Woodruff key. Yeah, that'll wake it up a lot. But remember, if you do a four degree advance, it's going to take a little bit away from the mid range, but that's okay. Yeah. But you'll get that nice smack, uh, like six yeah. seven thousand revs, which will be really satisfying. Yeah, especially mm. for a V twin, he's lose power up top. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I love how people have figured out all, how to like re-engineer, you know, the power output on these bikes. But it's affordable, yeah. and and what a great I, project! Because how much are these bikes worth used now, Emma? Well, I mean they vary. I mean I've a seen a couple grand no. tops, right? Well, no, hang on. What the Gen ones are actually they're quite a beloved bike now yeah. already, and if you've got a clean, nice running Gen one. You can go north of three grand, really. Yeah, but that still is pretty affordable. Oh, it's cheap as chips. Yeah. And especially yeah. for what you can get out of them. But the, the, the takeaway from this, and, you know, Zach has explained it so eloquently, there is no single mod that's really yeah. going to pay dividends. If anybody says, look, I want to modify my bike to make it go faster, what's the single mod to make my bike go faster? So we'll focus on the suspension. Lose weight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and they, you know, weight. yeah, oh, you know. But there's this there's this tea. If you go into the dollar store, uh, there's this Chinese tea and it comes in green boxes. And if you make tea with it, it'll give you just amazing <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> and you can lose yeah. weight. Ex- you can lose a pound a day. Oh my it's called the dehydration diet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, the the single thing. To make your bike go faster, really any bike is suspension work because they crap out so yeah. much. But once you get into engine work, diminishing returns? Question mark. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's diminishing, but people need to think about an engine being a balanced thing. Oh, as a system, and but yeah. not a. Particular. You really have to have your wits about you and say, okay, how much air fuel am I going to be pulling in? How much do I need? How am I going to get it out? All these things come into play because all your engine is is basically an air pump. It sucks shit yeah. in, it does stuff to it, and pushes it out. Are you talking about stoichiometric? Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> but it's it, it's 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 an inc- it's, it's an incremental thing, and it sounds yeah. like you've pretty much done. You've done the cams. You've done the carburation. You've done the exhaust. Yep. That's pretty much where you need to be. 
What about the yeah, instrument I, cluster? Can we talk no, about what can, does can that we, go to eleven? No, can we talk about the instrument <laughs> cluster? Because I'm pretty sure that's the coolest mod. That's my favorite. Yeah, the instrument cluster, that's all still there. Though my trail tech is dying. No, no, um, no. Tell us about it though. What exactly is it? How do you what's your indicators? Like how do you know if you're a new so, so my indicators, um, I so the the bike didn't have like I wanted to get rid of the dashboard and I wanted to put it has uh, ATV bars on it actually um, <laughs> just for extra up extra uprightness. Um, but in order to do that, I had to lose my stock indicators. So I don't know how I came up with this idea, but I bought a bunch of those like LEDs from Radio Shack that have like the housing you can kind of screw onto a panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a fifty cc piston for some reason. And so I took this 50cc piston, flipped it around, and then jammed all the indicators, all those indicators into all it, right. wired them up to all my different sensors, and then like took took a bunch of wire, like wrapped it around the piston, and then twisted it and like put it on a on a clamp on my handlebar. So it's like a little 50cc piston full of LEDs um, <laughs> that. that has like you know little turns and everything. I will say. <laughs> Massachusetts does do a relatively thorough inspection of bikes and it's passed <laughs> yeah. every year. Well, yeah. Passed every year. Though my trail tech is broken and does, and I only go 299 miles an hour. That is the only <laughs> speed the bike goes. So, so, Emma, here's what I'm proposing. Like hearing Zach tell the story and knowing that these were, you know, amazing bikes at yes. the time, now they're at that point where they're right. aged out. They're probably worth about as little as they're going to be worth. Right, about but down. what a great, what a great project! Yes, they're still simple yeah. to work on comparatively. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, um, unless if you're looking trying to work on an F4i or an R6, right, 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 not going to be as easy. This is still kind of the basic. It's a, it's machine. a very basic bike. I mean, it's got um, conventional forks. They're not upside down forks. It's got really conventional suspension. It's got a triple disc setup. I mean, you can get them to break very, very well, but the braking system's very, very simple. So what I'm proposing, um, yeah. now is the time to buy them and have a great project, fun bike, because I think is if it's properly maintained, it will only go up in value from this point. Motorcycles and Misfits brought to you by the used SV650 market. <laughs> used how, do you, how do you think it'll hold up? Like Because oh, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. the Honda Hawk, for example. Uh, I mean, the Honda Hawk, there's just not as many. Yeah, but the does Honda, that make it more collectible? Yeah, yeah it definitely does. Well, that makes it more collectible because there's just not as many. Um, it just seems similar to me for some reason. But is it as simple? Well, the Honda Hawk is is a very, very simple bike. Yeah, but parts are not as plentiful. Well, no, because it's, 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 it's also... That's the SV650. Yeah, but it's also 10 years older. Yeah, but I'm just saying, and this is why I was comparing it to the CB750. Parts are available. till Still today, you can get parts. And I think the SB650 oh will God. fit that niche. So I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking at a photograph right now. I remember that day. <laughs> of an extremely young Zach and an extremely young Mike Miranda. Charlie. And an extremely young Charlie with massive oh, yeah. mutton chops holding an SV650 engine. Yeah, Whose was engine? Pump, was that, that your engine, engine or was that Pumpkin's? That was Pumpkin's. That was pumpkin, I was yeah. one of Pumpkin's engines. That was Pumpkin. <laughs> so let me ask you, is this, is this a good deal? What's up? I, I did a quick search here it's in the life. Bay Area, 2005, SV650, 2005. They want $3,000 and it has 4,300 miles. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's, wow. that's, that's a yeah. bargain, actually. 
That's yeah. so there yeah, you go. You can use that for your cover. Yeah. Now remember, that's going to be a Gen Two. That's mm-hmm. going to be an early yeah. Gen Two, um, but still a very, very good bike and something yeah, that you can two, have just crap loads of fun on. And the mileage is amazing. It's a good. 2005 was a good year yeah. for a Gen 2 also. Yeah. They had better. I think the cam chain tension, they'd fixed the cam chain tensioners at that point. At least they'd made them better. Right. And the thing to remember about SVs, as charming as the early ones are, it's, it's an improved product. A 2022 SV650 is a substantially better product mm-hmm. than a 99 because it's been developed. I mean, we'll forget about the Gladius. And I mean, Gladius was really more of a styling exercise than anything else. Mm-hmm. I think Suzuki would rather forget about the Gladius. Um, <laughs> but um, the SV650, it's... What have you got on your shoulder? That's a... That's my cat. It's a cat. It's a hairless cat. I was going to say, is that a sphinx? Cat. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Look oh at that. Wow. You've got a sphinx. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that cat. So, so no, we're going to go off at a tangent now. Um, I have been told, I've long admired Sphinxes, and I have been told that they love taking a bath. Is this true? Uh, No, not. (laughs) I've heard. I've I've heard of people who uh, who have who for whom they have really enjoyed taking a bath, like who had a Sphinx that really enjoyed that. However, Um, but as a rule. she will to- she'll tolerate it, but she's not she doesn't dig it. She's not thrilled um, about she's not splashing around and having a groovy time in the bath. <laughs> oh, oh she's no, so hairless. She's oh, lovely. Well they're not hairless, they're like a peach. Like, They've got yeah, like, like fuzz on them. Yeah, yeah. She's fuzzy. Yeah. Like a sack. Uh-huh. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Very much like a sack. It reminds a me a lot of the it, naked ride. It's a summer sack. It it's is, a velvet. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> Definitely a little skirtle for sure. Yes. Okay. Let's bring it <laughs> on. Right. Let's bring it on back. Whatever you So look, that that's my thing. I loved hearing Zach having fun getting into it. We're always recommending what are good project bikes, what's a good investment right. bike, what's a I'll good tell you one. Co- bike to collect now. And I think for all those reasons, SV650 is great. And you forgot the most important one is we don't buy bikes as investments, we don't buy bikes as a means of making ourselves rich in the future. Well, we don't anyways. We buy bikes <laughs> because they're fun. Yeah. And there are very, very few bikes that are as fun to ride as an SV650. They are just a blast. Future classic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. Well, thank you, Zach, for sharing all that. Um, I think that that's just... Uh, to me, it's... A, it's it's uh, it, What's the word? Um uh, you're inspiring to get dig into to an engine like you can do it and right. there's people who've done it who've laid it all out and you can get the parts and if you mess it up you can get more parts so yeah i think that's great zach darling it zach was, it was super fun zach sweetie can you can you yeah. get your cat to make cat noises uh probably <laughs> but uh, how about instead you were talking about how much fun these bikes are. Now, do you know what is another bike you can have a ton of fun on? A Ninja 650. Yes. No, I was thinking more specifically. A. The, uh, this is a CRF 450 RL. What is it? Your bike. My bike, CRF 450 RL? Yes, that's yeah. what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Apparently, you can have a lot of fun because you just did. Oh, you're talking to me. Me and yes. Mike were looking at father pictures. I know, pictures. you're completely not paying attention. Ride report. I've, I've now, we were looking Jim, at father pictures. I've now pictures. segued yes. into your ride report. Oh, yeah. We had a great time. Not as much fun as Mike, but um, um, yeah, so we went up to the Sierras. Uh was myself, Matt uh, from Law Tigers, yeah. Rawr. Rawr. Uh, and then uh, Craig, who owns Pacific Motorcycle yeah. Schools, Yeah. right? He's got a few of those, and I think they're just opening one in San Francisco now. Mm-hmm. So... The three of us went up to uh, the Sierras. This is maybe 15 miles or 20 miles west. As and, a, yeah. And you're kind of like a, you like being the lone wolf well, out on your rides. But so is Matt. He, he's kind of a lone wolf. Matt's a bit of a nomad. Rider camper. And Craig is the wild card because he's a real character. Yes. Who comes and hangs out with us. He's yes. kind of larger than life in many ways. In many ways. Yes. Yeah. So it was a good crew. I was, I was really looking forward to it. Uh, we were at a place called French Meadows Reservoir. Uh, like I said, on the backside of Tahoe, um, it, that's there. There's another one called Hellhole. And you're on your 450, yeah. and what are they riding? So I got Sierra 450. Uh, Craig picked up a Husqvarna 501 that was already dialed in 2016, yeah. I think. Yeah, already, already sorted out. That's basically a, a Mike's bike, right? Yeah. Right. Which one? You're, is it basically your Husqvarna SWM, 500. Right? Yeah, the TE 510. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so cool that he had just gotten it, and uh, and then Matt had his GS, a GS twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, GS twelve hundred. Well, it's like, wait, how is that going to keep up? Because that's his only vehicle, so yeah. <laughs> that's how. But you know, he does a lot of riding. He also yeah. has a uh, adventure tour company that he mm-hmm. does stuff. So he's very breaking capable. away adventures. Exactly. I've been on the trips; are great. Um, yeah, so it was three of us, and there was a campground up there we found uh, at French Meadows Reservoir. There's a few. Highly recommend it. If you like, if you're in California, want to visit, um, it's about five thousand, a little over five thousand feet. Uh, beautiful lake. You could swim in it. And was it? This was pretty remote, right? It was pretty. I got there on Wednesday around noon, and there was nobody. I mean, nobody. Which is why it was perfect. Let's get to the naked axe throwing. Naked axe throwing. Well, it wasn't full naked, but. Uh, <laughs> Axes no, were thrown. I just, I just imagine. Bocce Naked was axe played. Throwing just sounds like an awesome adventure. Yeah, well, you know, dangling parts. You got to be mindful. <laughs> uh, but we did play some 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 games for sure, including axes and bows and arrows so and bocce and you're going up hide there. Hide the penis. Hide the yes. Uh, it's called. It's called fun with sausage. I know you're not kidding, mm-hmm. Dale. Um, so you're going up there to ride like trails. What kind of riding? Yeah. So it's interesting. So it's mostly fire roads. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's there's OHV areas up there like Forest Hill. It's not. It's maybe thirty miles from there, but twisty roads, beautiful roads to get up there. But they all kind of dead end into the mountains. Mm. Um, so mostly fire roads. But anytime you want to do something a little more interesting, all you had to do was pick a, a lot of logging going up, right? A lot of forest mm-hmm. management happening. Just pick up pick a bulldozer cut, and it'll be as hard as you want to make it. Um, also, there's some power line roads if you really want to get technical. Um, it's near the Rubicon, so there's some of that stuff if you want to do it. Oh, wow. But for the most part, we rode about 100 miles a day. Most of it was dirt. Most of it was fire roads. Um, nothing too ter- terribly challenging, but beautiful. So you had views of the lakes, um, like I said, high Sierras. And one cool thing we realized, we're looking at the map, but like when I got up there, there was nobody. I mean, not like nobody. It was great. Um we weren't that far from Donner, Donner Ski Ranch and Soda mm-hmm. Springs. So we you know, look at the map and we're like, lo and behold, we think we can make it there. And I'm like, wait, I think there's an event going up there. So the same thing this weekend at Donner Ski Ranch was the Donner Hard Enduro Race. 
Yeah, because what you sent me some video, and that was not Effing fire trails. Crazy, oh crazy! Like so people riding on boulders. Yeah, so this is put on by Garahan, who has the racing school up here in the mountains that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard enduro. So when, and Craig actually knew the guy, so it was cool we could catch up to him um, and check him out. But so the race at Donner Ski Ranch was supposed to be uh, ten mile loops, hard enduro, and they do however many loops they could do. They had three around three hundred riders start. And when we were there after an hour and a half, only 20, 20 riders finished. had finished the first <laughs> lap. Wow. It was carnage. Whoa. Carnage. Nice. Yeah, so you can YouTube it, Donner uh, Hard Enduro, and it was just just nutso. Um, Ayersberg like the original was, Donner party. Yeah, totally, right? It was, we had some jokes like that. But it was great. We could ride, I think it was like 36 miles through the woods, bunch of water crossings. There was snow. We rode through some snow. Um, wildflowers were popping. That was cool. Snow in June. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of it. Wow. Yeah. There was snow on the course in the race course. Yeah, high up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was about 8,000 feet, I think, at Donner. Um, no, I think Donner's higher than that. And, yeah. Wait, is that where they, the people ate the, eat each, ate yeah. each other? Mm-hmm. Yes. Donner yep. Pass. No, I think, I Donner think, Pass. I think Donner, Donner Pass is 10,000 feet. Okay, we were at the, the ski place, <laughs> yeah, and it was right. yeah. it was warm. No, it was beautiful. I think, it, out. I think it's ten thousand feet, snow. so you're high. And and Matt was able to take the GS everywhere. Matt he was, was working hard, but he was. <laughs> He's a very capable rider. Um, I, I would have been utterly exhausted on the Africa yeah. Twin. I know, yeah. just exhausted. Um, and he was too. He crashed a couple of times. Totally understandable. Just things come up, you know, yeah. motorcycles. But he, <laughs> we did get locked into a reservoir and had to drag the bike underneath the gate at one point. That was interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah we're about, well, I was in the process oh, of... Oh, yeah, wait, no. I was you, in the process of... You just of, skimmed over that. Say that sentence again. Oh, uh, we had ridden the day two. We did 100 miles the first day. And so, but we were, me and Craig were fired up. Matt was a little tired, but he was game. So we rode from... French Meadow Reservoir to Reservoir to Hellhole Reservoir. Ran into some old dudes in the woods. The guy on his DR650, older okay. one, had a, a circle headlight. And he's like, because I don't like the square ones. It was a mm. better headlight. Yeah. Nice. I, I think I sent you a picture, a picture. But anyway, it was pretty funny. Very cool. Cool. So we ride down to this Hellhole Reservoir, which was beautiful again. Um, and the gate was open to go out on the dam. So we're like, cool, let's just ride out on the dam. So we rode out on the dam and we're hanging out. And we see a trick, a truck come up from the spillway below. Truck comes up and leaves, right? And I'm watching the truck leave. And I'm like, motherfucker, he just locked the gate. I'm like, no. I'm like, there's got to be a way to get out, right? <laughs> so we go over and check it out. And no, this gate's locked. And oh, the key no. I have, Liza, should have opened it, except it's on the Africa Twin key ring. Oh, no. Bummer, right? So, you know, and those guys, the public works guys, I'm in public works. They know how to make a gate bomb proof. So they had, <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. We're going to take it apart. So, but they had tack welded all the um, fittings and stuff. <laughs> Son of a gun. So then uh, Craig, uh, and they're both great guys. Craig was great to ride with, very capable. Craig just went exploring to see if he could find a way around. And I just started taking the fabric off because I could take those nuts off. And I'm like, by the way, guys, we're now vandalizing federal property. <laughs> Fucking taking the fence oh off a dam. Let's do some federal shit. Well, otherwise we were stuck. I mean, no cell service, no one around. I mean, like, wow. oh shit. We tried to push his... He tried to ride his bike over some scree, like that was whole, like part of the dam, actually, to get around a gate. But the Amazing. airhead, the BMW head sticking out, would, wouldn't get past a post, which is probably good because oh, I was trying to hold the bike up from the side, like three feet below it. I would have gotten crushed. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, we found another gate, and we just we Matt just pushed his bike over and just dragged it. So we just yeah. back and forth dragged the bike underneath uh, this other cable gate, and then we we're able to ride wow. out. Amazing. Well, like like Matt said, he always said it's uh, adventure riding. That's an adventure. She's pointing at you. Um, yeah, but anyway, it was uh, we were up there for three nights, I think. 
Stars were beautiful. Didn't see any bears. Uh, highly recommend it. Sierra, Sierra's have so many lakes um, and so many beautiful places to camp. I highly suggest it. And if anyone's thinking of coming to California and they want suggestions where to ride like yeah. fire roads, dirt, desert, or, or fire roads, you know, hit me up. I, I got a lot of places that are really neat. Recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com or motorcycles and misfits. Zach's supposed to say that. Can, That's can Zach's I, I know, can but I, I got actually, two. If you can get the yeah, cat to say it, I'd be very <laughs> impressed. Can I actually lodge a request of, uh, of, of, any, of any listeners who happen to know really good roads to ride in Western Massachusetts? Ah. You want to send me there you any go. information about that? That would be great. I was a little spoiled living in Santa Cruz, and I've had a hard ah. time finding good riding out here. This is street, well, I'll, street riding, I'll right? Look, I'll look back in my routes. I think I've got a few. All right. Nice. Well, going back to the SV650, I wanted to just throw a question out to the group. Um, I was thinking about how they they used to be everywhere, and then you see them less and right. less. Right. You know, everything's getting old, Liza. Well, it made me think, what are the causes? What what is What creates a death of a motorcycle emissions we, we got it's some all emissions well no i That's mean i'm saying true. for motorcycles that people about? own right like how many of you here have owned a bike that ended up at the the you know the, the, oh the death, death as death. in like how many so jim yes what, ha- like, why, what you, did okay. you you were the last owner of a bike what happened to it uh the klr 250 fell into a fetid puddle mud puddle and was utterly okay. submerged and i rode it out oh, what destroys a motorcycle so in your case the motor blew up and yeah. the cost to repair was higher right. yes than cost the to repair okay. was more yeah uh, who else has had a bike that they were the final owner emma what was um gosh well going back to england i had um a 250 kawasaki and i just wore it out it was as simple as that and the cost of repair was so high in comparison to the bike. And the thing is, there was a lot of deferred maintenance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the chain begins to wear out. Well, you haven't got money for a new chain. So now you take a link out and get it forward yeah. again. And now you're taking out the chain and sprockets. And then the tires start to wear out. You run money for tires. Now you got bull tires. And then, you know, the engine starts rattling and so on and so forth. And you just get this massive bill. Even doing the work yourself. It's like, I can't afford this. So mm. I, I'm going to call that, I mean, <coughs> in some cases, it's it's neglect of maintenance that yes. gets to a point where the cost to repair is higher than right. the value. So off to the junkyard it goes. And then, okay. can I speculate? Well, well she was in oh, mid-sentence. Sorry, Let me see. Sorry. Wait, and then, and then you can speculate. And then, off to the junkyard it goes. Yes. And then... You you lost it. You had it. You were there. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. Okay. I think she was All done. Right. Sorry. I thought yeah, I had go. it timed. Yeah, go for it. So, as you said, the 650, was it, there was a plethora. Yes. And now, where are they? Exactly. That's my question. Well, they, things just get old. When was the last time you saw a Ford Taurus on the road? When? Yeah. Well, well, okay. So And those that, fuckers were everywhere. This could, this could yeah. work for that as well. Yeah. My, my idea. And I have no facts, no data. Uh, a lot of beginner riders would pick up the SV650. Yep. It was a great price, even brand new. Mm-hmm. And the Ford Taurus was handed down to kids that started to drive. So what yep. if all of these bikes were killed 
by people just learning by first timers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean that that's happens. largely true. Yeah. So uh, uh, there are bikes that get totaled. Yeah. Right? They yep. crash. Has yeah. anyone here had a bike that they crashed and yes, was totaled? Off to the junkyard it goes. So that's a death. So we have deferred maintenance or neglect. Right. And then I've I've bought a few bikes that were totaled. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the other thing that I think happens is once a bike gets down in value, you get yeah. people who buy it who don't know how to maintain, maintain it. it. Right. So out of pure abandonment, which is different than neglect of maintenance. Neglect of maintenance might be a, a bike you're riding every day, but all those things need to be done, get you know, to, just too much. In the other case, abandonment, people who just leave a bike in the backyard because the battery died. And now the carburetor needs to be cleaned. Now the chain is rusted. Now and the, the fuel lines. And now the tank is rusted. So just pure mm-hmm. abandonment. Yep. So those are three main things. Can you guys think of anything else that causes death of a motorcycle? So, I mean, while we're on the subject of a, an SV650, there are bikes with inherent problems, like SV650s and oil consumption. And that took yep. out a lot of them. I think if you, if you were to take all the SV650s in America... And then you say the attrition rate and express as a percentage how many went to the junker because of an engine failure, because of low oil. That would be an amazingly high percentage. That's deferred maintenance. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's an inherent problem. I'm putting it in that category. Yeah, okay. Theft. Right, a lot of times bikes get stolen and then it kind of yeah. fucked up cities, and abandoned, yeah, right? Theft yeah. is a really theft, big oh, problem. Strip. Theft and strip. Theft and strip, theft and abandoned. Yes, yeah. stripped, yeah. parted out. I didn't think of that. So I Set thought of fire. one. Oh, yeah, well, fire. I thought of one. This isn't. This doesn't happen this often, but there are certain bikes that go unsold that sit in the warehouse at the dealers in the crate. Right. Oh, yeah. I think that's a very small number. I know, but I'm saying, but they go for decades to a point where nobody wants it. And what what are they going to do with all these, you know, these these Harley Street 500s that didn't sell? Where do they end up? You know what I mean? Well, what about you see these pictures of the junkyards, like, I don't know, Arizona, say, for example, and it's just like a huge yard of nothing but old, rusted ass bikes, you know, some giant outdoor collection. Well, hoarders, and then that becomes becomes like abandonment. Abandonment, I think. And is there anything else? Are we missing anything? Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Space aliens. Definitely aliens. Hmm? What was that, Bagel? I mean, I was going to say weather, but that's, you know. That's wear and tear. Yeah. But like yeah. the bike is left outside, even if you're riding it, that will end its life prematurely. Right. You know. I, I am proud I, to I, say. Bagel said prematurely. <laughs> there's, I cannot think of any bike I have owned that I did not pass on to somebody. Right. Yep. I, yeah. I have not been the death of a bike, and I am proud I, of that. I, I can say that, too. I have never killed a bike beyond resurrection i i've i've killed lots of bikes i just need to resurrect them yeah but um, and, yeah. and and the bikes that i've sold have been bikes that were you know either projects or we're going to somebody's yeah. going to do something with them but the only thing i'll say in my defense is you know i've had periods in my life when i'm very 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 poor and you know yeah. turning the gas down poor and you just the bike you end up buying is pretty much there anyway. 
Yeah. And you're just kicking the can down the road for another couple of months. Have you put a DNR order on your your Superhawk yet? Uh, you know what? I probably should. <laughs> I mean, oh, like, no. it, what? You know, it still runs. It's got um, one hundred thirty-three thousand well, miles. You know, on it. you keep maintaining your bike. Zach is giving long life to this. Sure. SV six fifty. Yeah. And keeping it going, which I think is is pretty awesome. So I was just yeah. thinking so, about that. That amongst our group, there what what causes the death? And and there are the, I think it's no yeah. those of us. I'm, I'm not kicking you. Down the, the, well, mine actually, thinking, you know. it went to a guy in the Sierras. He was going to use oh, yeah. it for, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's still it back yeah, in fir- action. My first bike is on a lawn sideways somewhere. It was my old yeah. 600 GPZ from like 85 <sighs> or something. Nice. I, uh, I uh, fixed, tried to fix something on it one day and it just stopped, started, stopped working. Surely you mean a GPZ. GPZ. Oh, I feel like word. the trick to the longevity is have a lot of bikes. And this way, yeah. constantly rotate rot- through. Yeah, that's what I do, and I just rotate through so the mileage stays low on them. But like, yeah. I'm always riding. A that that does require here. a certain degree of financial clout. But and and you know, Mike, it's crushing when there's a bike that you've loved and maintained, and you sell it to someone who crashes it. Oh my and you're god! Like, oh. I, listen, let like, me tell you, I did, oh, but, but the worst thing is. I always had this like romantic idea of keeping bikes in the family, yeah. like with somebody that you know, yeah. right? But like the way that I keep my bikes is like really, really top. I think I I feel like they're top notch, and then like I go through great lengths to keep them in the shape they are, and then I'm like, here's my baby. But like once the money's in your hand, it's no longer yours, so right. you don't have a fucking say. And then you see yep. the thing yeah. come in the next week with like scratches all over the tank, all right. over the fenders, like. Like dirt and just shit all over it, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Well, that was because Rebecca. they're not sharing your vision, and yeah. that is why I will never have anyone work with me at Motortown because they don't share the same vision. You might actually get work done. I know. Yes, well, exactly. I prefer sitting around with a <laughs> thumb up my ass. And then you, and then you get people like Bagel who will won't let something die. He just keeps it in stasis forever. Yes, yes, it's like bagel cryogenic <laughs> laboratories. He just won't give up. <laughs> he just cuts the VIN numbers yeah. also. <laughs> Do all those run? <laughs> no, none of them run. Behind no, bagel? No. no. There, there are three that are currently running, a fourth that that will run once I do Out of how many machines? What's your stats? Of, what's I your... think I'm at 16 bikes right now. And and running? Total. What's your running? You three. three out of 16. Three so there you go. Three out of 16. Yeah. I've got nine. What's your stats? It, it's a fantastic backdrop, I yeah, gotta I tell know, right? So I've <laughs> always had motorcycles in my life uh, like women. One at a time. (laughs) Sorry to say. Nice. Well, hey, I want to hear from you guys out there. I want to hear about the death of a bike. I'm always fascinated by this. As somebody who's never been I thought fire was a good line. one. Is that you, Bagel, to throw out fire? I thought that was a good <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Because yeah. there have been a couple of fires here. I have set yes. bikes on fire yeah, many times, but I've been very, very lucky to actually put them out. I actually yeah. set my groin on fire with a bike, and that was my <laughs> trident, and I put and that both went out. to the junkyard. Oh, yes. yeah. um, oh God. Penicillin <laughs> later. My, Did John Dalton my, survive his my, fire? My genitalia went to the junkyard yes. years ago, darling. So I want want to hear from you guys out there what what has been the death of a bike that you've been a part of your you parents know? found out dude, oh. dude to see <laughs> seeing bagel like yeah. having a one bike that doesn't work like i won't sleep well i won't uh, fucking sleep until this bike is good because my thing is like get out get on the bike and ride and and, and if, if there's one of them in there that like even if i don't ride it just knowing that i can't ride it 
I obsess until it's perfect. <laughs> the, and then you all are my quite an, actually, Mike. Let, having let, worked let on my, many of your bikes, you are quite an obsessive guy. I fucking totally am. I know, hey, Mike. Let me know when you want to come up here and work on some of my scooters. You oh, guys, come I thought, I'll come up there with a dump truck. I thought of one more. <laughs> I thought of one more that I remember, and uh, this was murder. I remember. Well, yeah. Um, John Harris was here working on an old Suzuki GS. Suzuki, and he got so frustrated with it, he took a hammer to the oh, engine and just bashed yeah. the heck out of it, and then threw it off a cliff. Oh, jeez, that's, that's murder. Right? That's yeah. anger issues. Do you that's remember like what kind management. of GS it was? GS four fifty. Oh, a goose? Uh, no, not a goose. That's oh. five hundred. Um, but that's yeah. Th- there are people who have just destroyed it you see that happen oh they used to do that at sturgis where they yes. have the japanese mm. bike and they do a burnout until the engine blew up Ooh. and yeah. de- just detonated and and i have been to at least one scooter rally where there has been a a honda spree <gasps> or yamaha raz that bagel. has been sacrificed on a fire yes bagel how i, I, didn't do I am ap- i didn't do it i am it happened i just saw it <laughs> Let's say it together. I'm, I'm really ashamed of you, Bagel, for associating with these. No, no. You should not associate with people but like com- that. Was they complicit? complicit. So you were so complicit. There's, so there's hoodlum scooterists too, I was huh? not complicit. It was happening before yeah. I could do anything. Silence is oh, complicit. Wow. So I'm just curious, the, this rogue scooter gang that destroys Japanese scooters, do they wear fingerless gloves and leather studded uh, flip flops? <laughs> Uh, um, maybe I yeah. don't they know. they wear leather they they wear leather studded underpants with the studs on oh, the inside. Right. Oh, right. A codfish. Do like I even shit. know you, Bagel? Do yep. we even know <laughs> you? You don't kink shame around here. <laughs> All right. But, but to be to be on the, on 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 to write a contest, there is another Honda spree that has made its rounds throughout the scooter community for years, known as the Killing Spree. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys, let's get to some emails real quick. I'm still burning through all those long list emails oh, yeah. from the email account I forgot I yeah, had. I've got, I've got one from May. Mine is from oh. March. So um, they're still, they're still April valid. <laughs> I know. I know. So let's get to this. I got one from Ryan. He says, hey, all, my name is Ryan. I live in Yakima, Washington. I recently moved out into the count into the country and would like to build a pit bike track around my house. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. Oh. Do it. While oh, looking yeah. at bikes, I came Do across the shit. SSR line of pit bikes. I have to admit the price point has me seriously intrigued as the cost of a CRF 110 or a KLX is substantially higher, not even including the cost of parts needed to properly fit it to an adult size. So I'm curious about the quality of these bikes and if anyone has experience with them firsthand. I'm not scared of bike work as I'm a mechanic by trade on machinery and do my own maintenance on his FZ07, his Z125, and his YZ250 and other toys. So can you fill me in on any insight into these SSR bikes and the quality? Well, you're the you're the one who's got an SSR, don't you, Mike? I got a Pitsters. Well, well, so it's pretty much the same product. When, Emma, yeah. you checked I, out the SSRs when. At yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm pretty nonplussed by the whole thing. I mean, it's a very very easy cop out saying yes, I can do my own maintenance, and no. you know, if it requires a little more maintenance than a contemporary Japanese bike, I'm prepared to step up and do that. Well, that is all very well, but if 
you have fundamental problems with quality of parts and the thing just isn't reliable. I don't know. I mean, you've had a mixed bag with uh, yours, don't yeah, you, Mike? I mean, yeah. you've gotten it reliable, but it's been quite a journey, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, speaking of which, I actually got to get that 110. I, I, I'm thinking about swapping the carbs on it because I'm so fucking tired. I keep tools with me everywhere I go right. to clean these carbs on the right of the So that really the answers the question yeah. before we start. I mean, if you've got fundamentally but, shitty components... But hold on. Let me let me just say, so so to answer his question, I don't know, you know, the Pitster Pro are, are the ones that I have now. And I had a cheap Chinese uh, little 125, which mm-hmm. was fun, but uh, the price difference was it was double the price for the Pitster Pro, and there's a reason why. I mean, it's a solid, solid platform. Right. All, all the components on it are good. Like the, you know, they're heavy. It's it's a heavy bike, right? And 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 because all the parts are steel, the you know, there's no like little cheaply welded stuff on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like these things have been smashed up, and they're they still get up and go. The Chinese bike, however. You know, one little crash, and you know, even the foot pegs—they—they're they're yeah. like aluminum. Yeah. They're straight yes. up, just like oh, do you, do, right. do you mean aluminium? Yeah. Oh, so Ryan, assuming that you may have already, are no, he's already <laughs> bought SSRs, please, and right now he's blubbering. Fat tires. Please email us back and let us know what you got. No, he already bought them. Um, We've upset him. And Emma, you have one there. To this read. is from Michael Dolphin Jr. Hey, Michael. Um, hey, Misfits. It's Dolphin from Colorado again. Just here to argue the 500 Project Bikes. The first one I got in 2020 was the Yamaha R5 350. Mm. Been Mm -hmm. sitting for 14 years, and I got it for $200. Ah, nice. Now, that is not a realistic price, and we're going to come to this in a minute. This is the uh, $500 Project Bike email. Carb carb kits were 20 bucks, tires 150, cleaned the tank out, cleaned it up, put 2,000 miles on it. Before I sold it two months ago, for twenty five hundred. Oh, nice! Now that's a more realistic price. Okay. And we're going to come to how he does this to buy a twenty twenty two KLR six fifty or the Honda Valkyrie I bought last June for five hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It'd been sitting for three years, rebuilt all six carbs, changed the oil, and I've put about fifteen hundred miles on it. The projects are out there. You but just might not be able to find them easily on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I've just talked to people and they kind of let me have them. Here's some pictures to show they're not junkers either. Granted, they need a lot of polishing and cleaning. And that is all very well, Michael. Okay. However, neither of these represent realistic price points. I think the the, the point that he got 2500 for the R5 is well, is is huge. For the majority of people, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist is going to be their go-to place. And there's so little out there. If you know of a bike community, especially if you live in a rural area and you think there might be bikes in the barn, by all means, go and talk to the owner, which I guess he did. Here's here's what I think he's saying. I think Mason George, our friend up in Felton, does this too, that um, there are certain people out there who have a bike just sitting in their basement or their garage. They just want to get rid of it and they don't want to deal with the public and they will sell you a bike under 500. He's saying the $500 project bike does exist, but you're not going to find it online. You probably have to network yeah. or know somebody yeah. who knows somebody or who and knows that's somebody. how you're going to find it. But I love it that he says, yes, they do actually exist. Right. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Knock. I gave you that one to read because there's, there's, uh, I think you'll have there's, a good there's exclamation a, there, here. There's a there's singing, a there's a, there's yeah. a singing yeah, part yeah, yeah, yeah. in it. <laughs> this is what's called pits of despair. 
and by our friend Brandon. Thank you for writing hey, in, Brandon. Brandon. Hey. Huzzah, motherfuckers. Coming at you with a, Huzzah. tell me why. Oh, yes. Good. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> wow. Why is it so difficult to remove chrome? My project bike in 1971, Harley Davidson, a.k.a. Aramaki Rapido, has Rapido, roll that R there, has chrome on the exhaust that is horribly pitted. I have tried abrasives like sandpaper and wire wheel with no Oh, results. no, you won't shift any of that. Yeah, it's uh, chrome's hard. Uh, I read somewhere that <laughs> oven cleaner is supposed to work, but it didn't when I tried. Uh, this is a sentimental project since my grandfather and I took it apart when I was 10. Oh. Cool. Uh, so I want to do this right. I would like to get it finished before he goes He goes out, but who knows when that will be. He's uh, 83 years old and still pouring concrete and laying block every day in the Florida sun. <laughs> I guess wow. that means he'll either drop dead from a, a stroke any day now, or he'll outlive the sun. Um, <laughs> here's to Iron Grandpa, who will outlive the sun for nice. sure, man. Uh, thanks uh, for any help you guys can give. Brandon from North Carolina. So, Emma, is this a case where you have to take it to a shop yes. that has an acid yes. bath? Yeah. Well, no, it's not an acid bath. It's reverse electrolysis. Oh, okay. Um, oh. The only way to get chrome off is the same way that chrome gets on. It's through electros- electrolysis, oh. and it's a reverse process. Yeah. And so you've got to get what little chrome there is stuck. You'll never get it off. Couldn't you do that in your bathtub? Some jumper cables? Sure, why not? Let's just go. Let's go. This is Florida. We'll be be hearing a Florida man story about a man trying to reverse electrolysis. You know, some of the chemicals involved include cyanide. And I'm sure this this is Florida. This is a perfect place for Florida. A perfect uh, project for Florida. You know, my, it's all cyanide related. My <laughs> advice um, to uh, it. What what was the young man's name? Brandon. 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 My advice to Brandon: Look, it's not the most common bike in the world, but there are plenty of places out there that do specialize in parts for Rapidos. Mm-hmm. Um, just buy a new downpipe and exhaust. It might be cheaper than actually. Yeah, it's uh, going. It's going to be cheaper because getting the chrome stripped off that and getting it rechromed, even in Florida land, is probably going to be four or five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And you want to do it right, just get a new one. Um, and if you go on to the, there's various forums. Who's doing Air Mackie parts these days? I mean, Air Mackie is still in business, as Stacey London will tell you. Mm. Um, yeah, but there's plenty of places you can get bids. Yeah. Yeah, another thing too is that if the if the rust is really bad on the outside of the pipe, it's also probably really bad on the inside. Well, that's so true. Um, yeah, so there may not be a lot left. So you know, it might my, be worth replacing anyway. My the the gentleman I use for chroming, if the pitting is too bad, there's always the caveat it won't come out too well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, Benelli Quattro had just the most disgusting rusty pipes. And they came uh, out okay, but it took but a yeah, lot to of copper. But you have to take it to a chrome shop. Yeah, yeah it's got to go to a chrome shop. Yeah. It's got The chrome has got to be stripped off via reverse electrolysis. And then the metal prepared and then new chrome put on or whatever yeah. you want to do with it after that. Because it's not just like they don't just put chrome on. They put a layer of like nickel or something underneath, right? Or it's, like, yeah, it it's copper nickel, nickel, copper, chrome. Yeah, there, there, yeah. there is another option. Brush painting? No. With a roller. Uh, I've heard. Well, maybe maybe someone else. Oh, tin foil, that. and then you can no, make a no, hat out of it. No, uh, if you go down the railroad tracks, past all the tourist stuff, back into the ivy. Yes, I've oh. heard that there's a woman back there. Yes, who can suck the chrome off? <laughs> wow, a tailpipe, oh, no. trailer hitch. Wow, but, I mean a wow. tailpipe, same thing, right? That's a yes. uh, mm. knock. Any comment? <laughs> yes. 
Her name is Sandra. Her name has a fucking name. Her name is Tufus. Her name is your mom. I can give you a name. All right. I think we got time for one more. Bagel, do you have something there? I do. I have an email from Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy writes, hey, misfits, sending in lots of love from Ontario, Canada. I became a <laughs> what a listener. Knock off you knob. <laughs> I became a weekly listener in the early winter months of 2022 Aww. in preparation for the current riding season in a feeble attempt to scratch the itch. I was never one to listen to podcasts, but happily I stumbled across the misfits in my search of motorcycle content. See, gotcha, was- bitch. Hey, knock you I- have a good remedy for the itch, right? Um, I'll just, I could usually call you first. Cortisone. <laughs> Cortisone works. We have to shave yeah. first, I think. I've been writing for five years and I've been craving more information about writing culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say the whole group of misfits absolutely nails it. <laughs> ah, real, got them. Well, we like writing nails. Reason, California culture on the skids. The real reason I thought to reach out today is to curse Miss Emma for pavloving me into craving Indian food every time I'm working on my bike. Thank you. It's fucking good, man. Shit's good. (laughs) It's good. And that's all he has to say. I'll say chicken ticket masala is British, but okay. He says... Keep mm-hmm. up the great work. Much love, Jeremy. Oh, hey, thank you, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, you, James. Lamb Vindaloo and a gin and tonic. That's mm. my idea of a large evening. Lamb Vindapoo? Yeah, well, that's Vindaloo is actually Indian for windy poo, which yes. is what you I like get me, afterwards. Uh, I like me a good Rogan Josh. Yes, Rogan Josh is mm. lovely, or biryani. So, um, so, Jason, what do you think? Have you had, had fun? You said you wanted to come see how the cabbage is made or something? That's right. Yeah. Or is it eight? <laughs> I'm not sure which. It's usually, yeah, it's a cabbage. No, it's, it's really good. It's worth the uh, two-hour drive down, and I got nice. two hours drive up. But you have lovely weather on the way home, though. Yeah, it, man. It, yeah, should, yeah. it should be cooling. It should but be cooling. It, it's, it's quite fun actually being part of the studio and seeing how Absolutely. it comes together. Yeah, it, it's it's different when you're actually in the studio, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Basically, yep. show up and just chill any time on, on a Sunday. You could be part of the podcast. Who gives a shit? Fuck it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk to the big boss first. But I had, yeah. a, had a bit of an idea as everyone was talking about, you know, where do you get a project bike? What are the prices? Mm. What if you just put the word out? You know, it kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of dating a little bit. The answer is always no, unless you ask. <laughs> so sure. what if what if you just do a, you know, you a little post on your Facebook or you let some coworkers know, hey, I'm looking for a project yeah. bike. Whatever you got, let me know. I'm flexible on price. And if it's too high... Well, you go for the uh, the cheaper girl. Wait, what yeah, are we yeah. talking about? Okay. So, yeah, this is actually r- pretty good advice because it works. There's always guys, yeah. people out there oh, with like, yeah. projects and shit. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I got this thing I'm just enjoying and... the relationship that Zach's having with his lovely oh, cat right now. He's so happy. <laughs> a little your, weird. Li- your little cat <laughs> is so happy as well. Oh, yeah. Is he wearing a sweatshirt or your cat wearing a sweatshirt? Yeah, because uh, you've got to uh, put clothes on them. Because I get. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you got to dress sphinxes up because oh, they suffer so much yeah. from cold and warm. Well, do you, yeah. Do you have a human partner in that residence where you are, Zach? Yes, oh, I do. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, so, hey, Jason, thanks for coming down and joining us. And yeah, if somebody wants to come join us, just email ahead of time to make sure to see what's going on because sometimes we're out remote or Bring I have pie. a guest or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, um, 
it was good that you asked ahead of time. So yes. Didn't, yes. Because normally we're naked. Yes. And so yeah, I'm glad <laughs> yes. you asked. Yeah. Um, but this, also this is called the sweat house. Also, big thanks to all of our listeners and our Patreon subscribers. Who are the finest people of Have humanity? Have you been keeping up, Emma? Have you yes, been keeping up? Yes, of course I've been. I've been sending Ask Miss Emma answers left, right, and center. Some mm. quite tricky ones as Ooh. well. Mm. Were but, they like, what's your social security number? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Do you like long walks on the beach? That's yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. You could probably yeah. sell your feet. Some <laughs> pictures of your feet. Oh no, I can without a doubt. Oh yeah, oh, and I already but have. You can put that uh, on OnlyGrands. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Um, oh, hey, just God. a just a quick heads up. Onlygrands. Uh, no <laughs> Uh July eighth uh, through tenth is Moto America here at Laguna Seca. Yes. Yes, I want to go. And then the following weekend, July fifteenth through seventeenth, is Arma. Racing, yes. which we've had a lot of fun. Uh, when, you go they, into that? they have added flat track. There's a they, bunch of stuff. Yeah, Wait, what? There's, there's flat track in Remember Arma? last year they, did, bikes, the, they did the motocross, which was shit. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, this now is in Laguna? Yes, yeah. they've in, added there's flat a field. track. There's a fucking field in Laguna yeah. that they yes. can do flat track on. They're add, yeah, they're they doing motocross, motocross up on the hill, and they're adding flat track this year. They just plow a fucking field. All right, I want to see the flat track. When is King of the Baggers? That's during Moto America. There you go. July 8th through 10th. And then the weekend after that, July 21st to 24th, AMA Vintage Days. Tra-la-la. And one of our listeners is hooking up Moin with a CR250 two-stroke to race in yeah, the motocross. Yeah, awesome. So I'm working on getting Moin uh, uh, scheduled for the motocross Let's go flat races. track, guys. Let's go Excellent. flat track. All right. Let's go flat track. Bop, 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 bop. Exactly. So a lot coming up. Um, hey, and hopefully if you're going to come to any of those events... Come hang out with the Misfits. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, cool. either Matt or Craig had mentioned they might be camping for Moto America. Mm-hmm. So if you had an interest in camping at Laguna, there will be cool people to chill with. Camping's okay. chill at Laguna because it's close to well, amenities. When the lights go uh, down in that California town. So oh, the yeah. uh, Jameson Museum, we're putting together a display for um, Motorbike Weekend of, oh, cool. of vintage and classic bikes. AMA so or Arba? Oh, sweet. Are you, you're both. Still, uh, both? Oh, cool. Yeah, both. You're still connected both. with those people? You're like, yeah, of course consultant? I am. Oh, okay. So, no, I'll, I'll never be not involved oh. with the James. So a lot Museum. going on. Jason, gotcha. maybe you want to come back down again. Yeah, it might be a good weekend. So I think... That's a, that's a show. Hey, Zach, thanks for coming on and sharing. Your cats. Hey, Zach. Your mods <laughs> to the SVC. Thanks for sharing your baby. Meow. Oh, jeez. Oh, all right. And hey, again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers here. Mm-hmm. And especially to Mike, who has to go home and deal with why did he leave in the middle of Father's Day Papa. celebration. <laughs> what about Shout you? out to the people who turned out all right despite their shitty dads. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Zach. God. <laughs> do you want to try this next part? Yeah. Oh, am I supposed to tell them how they how they yeah. can reach you? Yeah. Uh, you can find us online at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. And uh, don't give us, don't leave us a voicemail. That's disconnected, yeah, that's apparently. <laughs> 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 Nicely done, What was Zach. the order pizza thing we said oh, years ago? God, that was, yeah. All right. So, Jason, I think you're going to figure out what's about to happen. So, thanks, everyone. This is Liza. And Jason. And my darling. Your mom's house. Bagel. Nigga Jim. Son. Mike. Zach. All right. Bagel went rogue. That was awesome. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Bagel went rogue. Right. Thanks, everyone.
poo poo. We are out of cool. here. Cool. Let's go. Cool. Flat cool. track. Cool.